Hello, this is Alex Saviuk for 11 O'Clock Comics, and that Saviuk rhymes with book. That was a good one. You've been he practicing. Had, he was to talk. I, I was shoulders back. I was like, I felt it. Get that dirt off your shoulder. Just like did. I don't get I wouldn't. I just spit it right out. What's happening? What the show? <laughs> See what's happening now? What's happening? Hi hi hi. Hi hi hi. Jason got started a little early tonight, folks. So if he's silly, you know why. If he's rarely silly. What? <laughs> Full of silliness. He's so stupid. <laughs> I'm jovial. It's true. I'm super jovial because as folks are listening to this, we will be in Charlotte proper a week from then. Cannot wait. Ah, uh, I needs it. For what you're saying, there's going to be a pretty big posse down there. Oh, it's going to be a posse. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Daniel White's going? Yes, yep. sir. Awesome. Saying he's sharing the room with Flippa. Flippa. And Proust. Wow. And our boy, Onomar Ray. Yay. Ray coming all the way from Cali. That's awesome. Yep. A lot of people, first timers. A lot of first timers. I loves it. Yep. Long time listener, first time caller. Man, and Chris Campbell came with the wrongness. Yes. On Twitter, he's like, oh, he was- man, I don't even, I don't even see any good artists up on here this year. I was like, what? I'm like, man, fool, you don't even know. It's a great list. Did he get y'all verklempt? He got me all sorts of verklempt. Yeah. I'd start DMing him the truth. So like, well, I guess, I guess I missed some under the radar folks. What do you mean under the radar? It's like, dude, I know, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at the artist list because Alexis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, good. All right, you have your phone. Yes. Go ahead. See if, you, see if you get any pre-orders in. No. Well, you know me. The guys that I would want to get, their lists aren't as going to be as long as the guys that you want to get. So I'm Such thinking as. Alexi Zirit. Available. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm seeing? He's available. Yeah, but you know what I'm seeing out of him? Man what? thing. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Oh, that's good. oh, that's hot, right? Right. Shit, yes. I yes, might, yeah. I might start a themed Cosmic Ghost Rider. Wow! Like you could, you can oh, have that's your a strong statement considering you haven't actually read the character yet. Yes, I have. Well, yeah. Well, but, I mean, you haven't read the character as a prominent figure, right? But I like the look of him. And for who, yes, for who sure. does skulls in space better than Alexi Zirit? No, it's a great idea. Yes. It's not as good as the idea that Dap came up with today, but it's still very good. Of course good. it's not. No, because it was one of those epiphanies that it made so much sense once he mentioned it that it just it should be something he does on the regular now. It may very well. Yeah, it may it may start. I haven't really well one one artist is kicking it off, but I haven't uh but yeah, I haven't any pre orders that are already in motion won't be set up. So if I hit anybody up as an impulse that weekend, um, I might throw it out there if they're down for it. And it's usually a good crowd to do that with because it is a uh, wrestling capital. So There you yeah. go. You want to tell them what it is? I can, well, it, yes. We, um, 
there is one. Uh, it's basically um, comic book characters versus uh, wrestlers. So you could have like you know the Wrecking Crew versus the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, or the, <laughs> or the Simonson Fantastic Four versus the Four Horsemen, or were the Four Horsemen versus the Four Horsemen of Apocalypse? Right. And, and it's just there, there, the possibilities, you know, Nightwing versus Eddie Guerrero or, or just, uh, they're, they're just Daniel so Bryan versus miracle man. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Captain America versus Nikita Koloff. They're just there, there. You could run with it. I just, I, I'm thinking of not so much a brawler versus an acrobat, but kind of more evenly matched, but yeah, just somebody and, and, and more my taste more off the wall or, or more, um, old school 80s early 90s type wrestlers not 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 so much you know Dude, coco beware versus the falcon <laughs> and then, yes because then you'd have red wing right oh my god yes you'd even have the mat oh no so it's i think you're missing the obvious one which what? Superfly versus spider-man but see jason had a spider fly versus- what does he have he had a, he he did have a snooker versus. Who'd you mention today, Jason? Ooh, that's a good question. I can't remember now. It was. I mean, it was a bunch of hours ago, and before a lot of the wine was flowing. Yeah. Uh, but there was. Yeah, you're you're right, Vince. Snook is definitely a good one. Um, you know, they, so so it's it's a pretty, and I'm sure I don't think I'm the first person to, to come up with it, but it, it's one of those things where it just kind of, we were spitballing. I, I, I threw Kerry Von Erich out there, for example, there's just, um, Oh, that's what I said. Batrock versus, uh, Kerry Von Erich was the first Oh, one Kazar versus Superfly Snook. Kazar versus Superfly Snook. Right. So, yeah, you could kind of go, go crazy with it. And, and I was, Dap, I was kinda... Dap totally ground everything to a screeching halt with his own. <laughs> that, was, that was wrong. You but he said, Vince, uh, <sighs> You know what he said? What did he say? Owen Hart versus Death. That's bad. That is bad. That's dude. pretty heartless. Right. <laughs> that is cold. But I was I was thinking about the the artists who like Andy Belanger, who we know is a big wrestling mark, and um, dudes like Mike Ruth who would probably kill it, or Box Brown, you know, or even Rug. But you know, they're just definitely Lobo versus Stone Cold. That's that would be a grill for me. Mm-hmm. That'd be hot. So yeah, so, so it's great, right? That's the idea. It's great. You know what else is great? Theme. What else is great, Vince? This is great because it's eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and forty-five, keeping it alive, stateside. <laughs> and I am Vince P. Oh, how'd you like that? It's a little bit of rapping going on. Was I was I was impressed, man. It sucks like, when you got to explain it though, or point it out. Then it's not good. Yeah, someone Act- someone tells a joke and then someone and the audience doesn't laugh and someone yeah. just goes, "Yeah, that's yeah, no." Then Act like you've been there, dummy. Thank but you. yeah, good girl. Thanks, appreciate that. Uh, I am David A. Price. Yes, you are, and I am Hans Gruber. Ah. No, you're not Hans Gruber. You're Jason Wood. Everybody's in the house Jason, together I'm going again. To count to three, there will not be a four. It's sad. Oh, I hear a, a bottle of some kind un, 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 being unopened. Yes. Wow. Sounds like bourbon. Something no. new. No. Some, something it's, borrowed, something blue. Who's getting married? Tammy Turdcutter. 
<laughs> really, <laughs> really do. Uh, and you know who else can save you money on your comics and collectibles? <laughs> Tammy Turdcutter? Tammy Turdcutter, no. Discount, comic book service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. Knock, knock, my books are here for a fraction of the retail price. The list of specials is up, and I have chosen, hopefully wisely. Number one, from Dynamite. It is the Further Adventures of Red Sonia, trade paperback, volume one. It's a massive tome. You're breaking up. 200 and some odd pages. Cover price is nineteen ninety nine. You're going to get some Roy Thomas in here. You're going to get some Frank Thorne, uh, Alfredo Alcala, Big John Basima, like a bunch of stellar talent. Just like when we talked about the Savage Sword of Conan. Same people in that. It's probably going to be in this. If memory serves, uh, $20 cover price, but you're smart. You know where to go. Discount Comic Book Service has it for $9.99. Where are you going to find a 200-page trade paperback for $9.99? Maybe in the CCB service. That's right. Maybe in the street, but it won't be pristine. In the streets. It's the streets. Number two. From IDW, under the Black Crown imprint, it's House Amok. Written by Christopher Sabela, with art by Sean McManus. When was the last time we saw Sean McManus? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. The, uh, the Cinderella books. Yeah, so it's been a while. Ten-year-old uh, fraternal twin Dylan Sandifer and her family have fallen down a rabbit hole full of secret implants, conspiracy theories, Mandela effects, extra-dimensional invaders, and organ thieves. Hmm. As he as the attacks against them intensify, the Sandifers light out on a cross-country search for answers and salvation, blazing a bloody path of torture, arson, and murder. How could you not get this? Torture, arson, murder. Check, check, check. Cover price is three ninety nine, but your price dollar ninety nine, fifty percent off. Last but certainly not least, from Image, it is written by John Lehman. So it shall be. With art by Nick Patara and Michael Garland. It's Leviathan series premiere, as in number one, three ninety nine cover price. You can has it. For a dollar ninety nine, see the trend? Fifty percent off. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions in. You get your books when you want them, how you want them, the day you want them, which is a little bit facetious and not true. But if you're dap, <laughs> if you're dap, for but, real though. But you get them. You get them. Oh yeah, no. You get them fast. You you, you get them fast. You get them before, right before the order cutoff is for that well, month. Maybe it's first in, last out. No. no first in, no. first out. <clears throat> no. If that was the case, I would have mine Oh, you'd have yesterday. Your month. Yeah. It, My order's done. I did it already. Well, of course you did. I didn't even flip through previews yet because I just cut open the box before we recorded tonight. So. Well, I was a big old dumbhead and forgot to order previews for this month. So I was doing it with a PDF. It is uh-huh. not the same thing with a no, PDF. so not the same. Nope. Pain nope. in the anus. I can't circle with my big, big ass sharpie. Well, you could; it'd just be messy, and it wouldn't. I have to clean my screen. Right. Yep. Yep. But anyway, 
Lots of manga this month. The CBC. Well, if you barge just on Surface, then you could just do the whole swiping thing and, and just and then no. save the screenshot. No. Surface is, funny shit. No, Surface is nasty. <laughs> DCBService.com. It is. it is nasty. You know, you work with it for a little while and you, 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 you get accustomed to yeah, the limitations and about. there are many. There are many. Right. Who said that? I knew you knew what you was talking about, but I just... But every, but every time I talk shit about it, you're like, yeah, whatever. So it's like, you know, you love it. And because I only did one thing with it, and that was read comics. When you try and do anything else with it... I know. Forget it. It's, Don't it's you forget it. portable computers. I know. Yeah. And I love the commercial. How they make it seem you could only do this shit on a Surface. Well, it's like, guys. what? Who are you fooling? <laughs> You do better on a Mac. But anyway, let's get this rolling. <laughs> Speaking of rolling, what are you rolling in with your drink? Oh, Livingston, I presume. Cabernet Sauvignon. I still, got the, fix it. I still got the jug. It's well, making me feel style. old. I mean, it's getting old, dude. Yeah, hey, I, so is your jug, dude. Oh, <laughs> my jug's going to be smacking against your cheek in a week. Just, I'm going to smack something else against your cheek. There we go. Fall asleep. <laughs> he's feisty. Yes, holy shit! I want to know what he's drinking. <laughs> uh, oldie but a goodie. Uh, same thing I was drinking last week. Norfolk Rise, the Aussie Shiraz that I talked about. Yes. Shiraz. This is not in the goddamn jug. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to relax. Uh, this is uh, this is something new from uh, California. Eh? It is. Auspicious Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, family owned uh, from 2016. And it is my first time having it. I, I uh, unscrewed the bottle tonight and um, hopefully we'll, we'll get lucky. And there you go. So, what's your talk? What's ever been up to this? Oh, reading comics, most of them not good. Oof. Yeah. It was a rough week. Uh, today was a rough day. Yeah. I read mm-hmm. some things over the past over the past few days which had me amped for tonight. And I said, Okay, let me finish reading some of these. Um and then I fin I, I, I pretty much started and finished a four issue event um in a day. Which really call unfortunately it, that? it looked like it looked like it, it set the mood. For, for the rest of the week, unfortunately. And yeah. then I was like, all right, so so we'll hit Wednesday and we'll read some new joints and we'll be popping and right as rain for when we sit down to record. And then wow. the first thing, I was like, all right, just we'll shake it off. The next one will be good. I said, okay, so the next one will be good. And it was. And then it just, it there were some ups and downs today. Yeah. And I think yeah. I love them. But first, I think we're all going to talk about something that's not new. But first, and, we're going yes. to thank people. Oh, because this is idea. this that's... is the part of the show when we do that. Yes, <laughs> this being our first episode and all year, right? right. Um, set the routine down. Uh, Dap and myself have a, a unified thank you. We do. Yeah, we do. So we would like to what thank. Is? Well, Mister, <laughs> I don't read emails. I get scolded for not reading emails, <laughs> but you seem to have a pass. So you don't have to read them. Um. Christopher Thompson from Titan Comics was awesome enough to send Dap and myself 
sample boxes of books in your room and shit and uh oddly enough well not oddly enough but wouldn't you know the the main thing i want to talk about tonight is a titan published comic because it's there's the sweet spot and then there's smack dab in the sweet spot and then there's smack dab in the sweet spot with a pinky up my butt that's what this book was (laughs) but that's uncomfortable um and and two i have to thank mr gordo Everybody's friend, our buddy, he um, he went overboard as usual. Gordo recently took a trip to Japan, and and while in, um, I believe it was an airport, he saw something that he felt that I needed to have, and he was right. It was a uh, Hedora Gashapon, and he brought that back for me, but he just didn't send me just that. He is Gordo. He loaded up the box with all sorts of stuff. Ultraman DVDs, King Kong special edition two-disc set, um, a pair of cheaters where, um, I won't get into the whole thing, but in, in one of the series, um, the, the, uh, the human side of Ultraman puts glasses on. He doesn't have the the capsule that he he puts up in the air, and he puts glasses on. And he sent me a pair of cheaters that look like the glasses. They're black rimmed, but as they the part the ear bar turns from red to clear and silvery, just the same colors as Ultra Seven. So it's and other stuff in there: a Godzilla notebook, um, postcards. Uh, a Don Martin paperback. I don't know how that got in there, but um, I got to thank Gordo ah. for sending me some some awesome stuff. Uh, and a Don Martin paperback. And a Don Martin paperback, yeah. Haters going to hate. Uh, as Vince mentioned, I too want to thank Chris. Uh, Mr. Thompson went um, above and beyond and threw in a couple of things that were most everything but one actually um i have not read from titan so i am seriously looking forward to diving in post heroes and everything's pretty much based on the list i gave vince you've read yep almost everything so yep. uh we will be able to to tag on those items i also have to thank um <clears throat> mr peter scott earl um jason has set up the EOC buy sell trade group, uh, the marketplace for uh, EOC listeners and and Facebook folk. Um, it's good stuff, Jason. It is you, fantastic stuff. Uh, it's it's a um, it's it's not open to the public. So if you're already in our Facebook group, um, you can definitely the link is there. You can definitely um, request to be approved and blah 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 blah. Anyway. Peter was um, had a poster, a uh, a one sheet for the upcoming in October uh, Venom movie starring Tom Hardy, and I figured why not take advantage of this awesome forum? Uh, so he was kind enough to send that to me because of everything that's going on in the house with 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 things being boxed up and, and packed away. I, I still have it in the tube. I haven't opened it yet um, just because I don't want to open it and then roll it back up and risk damaging it. So it's still, it's in the corner. I see it. I really do appreciate it. Um, I want to thank Flippa for the 
awesome card and a couple of comics he sent my way. So it, it um, lightened my load for things I'm on the lookout for at Heroes. And as you guys did, uh, I want to thank Mr. Rob Stevenson for the awesome iron on transfers. They are the Xenomorph <laughs> is yeah. amazing, dude. Yeah. I love the look of that one. Um, the, the, the Fred Feldman Daphne is cool as well, but, but, but that Xenomorph with the whole rat fink vibe just, just really speaks to me. Yeah. So, um, thank you gentlemen. Thank you one and all. And, and seriously, um, I am super appreciative of everything. Yep. R a T T F I N K. Uh, there, is the uh the patreon thing going on now every uh so often th- we have a, a tier in which uh patrons get care packages and uh we load them up with books and and it cycles you know this month was a big one we had a, we had a a bunch of yep, paid patrons our, our one year anniversary so all the original six month ogs are getting their second packages right yes and uh when i was putting the the uh the boxes together I uh, grabbed Flippa because I didn't have Flippa the first time around. So I grabbed him this time around. And Flippa, when you get your box, uh, you may notice that there's one of these things does is not like the other in there. There's a uh, that storybook is not for you. It is it is for you, but it's for you to read to the little one. Oh, you're so sweet. Yep. It's vintage and it's Dinny. Dinny, you're all yep. I love Flippa. He's awesome. I love them all, but what's I mean, not to like? Right. You know what's not to like? What? Mm, I'm I'm gonna God. I'm gonna fess up. I'm I'm gonna okay. lay I'm gonna lay down with <clears throat> the uh, the things that did not float in my boat this week. Okay. Oof. Okay. Because, uh, no, yeah, no, we'll get it out of the way early. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I think it's fair. We we spread a lot of love around here, and once in a while, something will come across. Um, our reading okay. desk that just is and, not float um, the boat. Yes, and I'm going to I, I I want to add when I the things I felt missed the mark for me were things I was really looking forward to, and and that kind of hurts a bit because I, I was really looking forward to reading it, enjoying it, and then boasting about it and and unfortunately i can't there is one thing in particular though that i know you read that i don't necessarily feel the same way i don't think it was a, a flawless victory but it was not uh there were def it, it missed the mark on a few things but i'm going to i, I want to wait to hear if if i'm right about okay. what it is you're going to talk about all right first out of the gate now if you tell me that francis manipole and Riley Rossmo are going to illustrate a story featuring the Justice League. Not only the Justice League, but, but um, the Source Wall and the New Gods. And pretty much, you know, from what I've seen, a good chunk of the DC Universe. Suicide Squad, um, you Titans, got Lobo. I mean, it, it, on, on paper, it sounds great. Uh, it's like Snyder and Tinian and Williamson forgot who all these characters were. It's like they were writing them for the first time. The dialogue makes no sense. 
It's clunky. It, it doesn't ring true. The thing that got me was when Batman tells Flash, Flash, fast, do this. It's like you're telling the Flash to go fast? What? What, what is he? I mean, that's the only speed he has is fast, right? And it's just it, the, the whole premise doesn't even make any damn sense to me. Brainiac comes and throws down with the Justice League and he, he thrashes him. He beats him. And he says, you know why you lost? Because you can't adapt to change. You're doing it the same way every time. You need to mix things up, man. You need to, to, to move some players around on the board. You need to get some, some, some maybe not wholesome heroes in with you. You need, you need to shake things up. We don't need Brainiac to tell them that. If anybody, it would have been Batman that figured that out. And he would have done it a long time ago. And it's it's just this ridiculous, destructive thing where Brainiac comes down and thank God they were, you know, evacuated Metropolis so no one got mm. killed. But it's I, I'm reading this and I'm thinking this is all a setup for new series. That's all this is. It's ridiculous. You 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 bought four three ninety nine books, which did nothing but set up three new ongoing series. That's all this thing exists for. It's not even good. Am I wrong thinking that? Well, <clears throat> let's put the qualitative aside for a second about whether it's good. But did you not know that that's what it was from a marketing standpoint? No. No, I did not. You no, didn't I, think that that was the case? No, I just thought it was a Justice League miniseries. For us, you may, oh, cool, I'll read this. Hey, Brainiac. It just happened to come right before Justice League number one and two of the new Justice League books? Are we supposed to think that way? Are I we mean, supposed we've been to judge comics for forty years? That right? Yeah, but, but I don't know. I no, but this is it, a, is is a is a piece of art, and we should judge it on its own merits. Now as it's a piece but also, of art. What? No, but but see, it's we, not. I, we're of of the three of us. You're the only one who gets your books weekly, so I don't I don't look and see what's coming out every week. I I, I look at the list that Wednesday morning to see what we might be talking about, to see what I need to get that might be coming in my box. But I don't I don't know. I don't read Amazing Heroes anymore, so I don't know when actual street dates are. So it's it's one of those things where if if something's coming out or if I – very rarely, especially since we don't believe in the whole movies are going to bring readers in. So I don't even really notice when – I mean I know today that there were a bunch of Ant-Man and Wasp books out and obviously that movie's coming out next. So it they're going to try to work and tie it in. Um, and Deadpool had some things that made sense if you've seen the two movies. But – I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention to the sense that uh, all I got from the double page ads over the past few months or a couple months was that from the pages of Dark Knight's Metal or you've read Dark Knight's Metal, now read No Justice. And I was like, okay, I didn't finish that, but yeah, I'll read this. But I had no idea that once that it was supposed to be the bridge between the last event and the new ongoings. No way, I want to back the bus up a little bit. You scoffed when I said this is art. Because you transitioned from criticizing the book for the fact that it was a commercial sellout to defending the fact that it's art. Like it's it's a commercial product meant to but sell books. Yeah, there's like no you, you, you can't complain about it. I'm are. saying yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's it seems super hypocritical to to suddenly take issue with the fact that the book was that you were disappointed that the book is really just a book to help 
get you to want to buy other ongoing books and preview them and then say, but it's art. Like you can not like the book for its quality, but that's what this book was. For whether whether or not it's it. art. Like the solicit, the wait, solicit wait, wait. to me made it pretty clear that this was the effective bridge to the new set of DC books. So I didn't pre-order it. Like, whether whether so I, or not it's art, art is not hinged on qualitative terms, whether it's good or whether it's bad. I thought it was bad, yeah. But that's irrelevant. Good, bad, who cares? It's still right, art. So why did you bring it up? Like you, you suddenly change the, the the narrative to say, well, but it's a piece of art. It being a piece, all comics are a piece of art by our own admission. Sure, so, sure. Like, so it, that it being a piece of art is a meaningless statement. Like it's a piece of art given that's a no. Given, right? Well, where I was going, from, where mind. I was going with it is, it's a piece of art. We should judge it as such. Meaning, it should work on its own, regardless of the fact if that it's a bridge for future things that we have no knowledge oh, of. Oh, I agree with you there. I guess I'm just saying, like, I'm surprised y'all fell for the bait. It just seemed obvious to me that's what this was going to be. Just if, like the just like the Hunt for Wolverine series, like I was saying, like they are exactly well, that is, what, no, but they but that these are they're, they're these are all exactly the same thing. Like the, and that, the, like this is this this is that this is DC. It, both of them do it all the time. This is let's put together a series real quick to get people to bridge to whatever status quo we're going from to the one we're going to. And like we used to have fifth week books. It's like all right, let's hope we'll get right. some some people to buy this and uh, and then and that, yeah, I get that. I get that's, like when you say the Hunt for Wolverine. And he's that's, been on, he's right, been off the that's, board. That that's leads a, you to believe that's, that's a gimmick. That's, yeah, that's a that, gimmick. But this is just called no quarter. You have no this indication. A, this was a weekly event. I didn't think it was it was it was meant to be uh, not a weekly event. But this this was a weekly series. Came out for the past four weeks or up until last week. But it, it was supposed to be what it was. And and had I known it was a cash grab or meant to excite you for what was coming, which it failed. But it it's one of those things where. I would not have I would not have suggested it. I would have picked something else for us to maybe try to team on. But I I thought it was four issues. It looked like a pretty quick read. Coming off the book of the month last week, um, I figured okay, you know, let's let's cleanse the palate more or less and just get back because because last week there was very little superhero comic book talk at all. So I figured all right, let's just let's see if this kind of yeah. we don't. I didn't need to recharge batteries or, or, but I just wanted to see, you know, let's, let's talk about something today. And, and, um, it's kind of sad though. Cause visually I, I think it's great. I thought, you know what? It's, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to dog pile on it. I don't, I, I just, you're absolutely right about the dialogue. I, I read it and I'm just like, this is not the first time these, these writers are Especially writing. Especially Snyder. Yeah. And and what and I don't think you got this far, Vince. But there's there's a panel where Hal actually calls refers to Guy as bro. Oh my god! And I wanted to throw my iPad across the room. I was just like, I, <laughs> if, if that if that did not hammer the point home, that I have no idea who the hell this Hal Jordan is after his his whole hit me up for for a car loan bullshit eight years ago. I just I'm like I I I'm. So there was that. But and it, I mean, it's would, would this the, surprise you guys at all, though? Because it's written by Schneider, Tinian, and Williamson. Given that Schneider is the is the, the king dog around DC and is the writer of Justice League, don't, doesn't your complaint led you to believe that it probably was quote unquote written by Schneider, but really it was written by either Tinian or Williamson or both? <laughs> no, I'm saying like that happens a lot, right? Like like yeah. Schneider probably had a hand in this because it was the bridge to his thing. Like, 
but I mean, I doubt it doesn't sound to me like because I didn't read it. It doesn't sound to me like the dialogue is uh, is is at all in line with with someone. But it starts out bad for the Guardians right on page one. Or not yeah. the Guardians, the no, Lanterns. No, I'm, just saying it's, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the blame lies more with Williamson. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it does because if Hal doesn't realize that a crack in the source wall is of, of, uh, of monumental importance and he needs Guy Gardner to tell him that this is bad. Like, it's always been Guy. Who, seriously, <laughs> who are these characters? Like, Hal would um, know. It's, it's, it, what, what makes it so. I guess all well, shocking is the wrong word, but but what's unfortunate is that you read this with three scripters after you've read an issue or two of what was Vince's book of the year until uh, Amazing Eight Hundred came out. Evolution, it's it's which has what like Same four right. writers, yeah, and, one of and, them, and it's like right, so it's so so he obviously knows how to play well with others, but it's just it's I don't. To, to Jason's point, because this was supposed to be a lead, and maybe there was a little bit more uh, an editor's hand in it to, to make it. Just it, it was not. I didn't. I don't think it read well. There were there were some pages that were absolutely amazing. The whole thing with with everybody and and the matching Secret War type costumes. Um, I wasn't real sure. I don't know why the hell they had to go all. Um, camouflage or, or or blend in with I, I there were things that just looked cool but didn't really I, I guess I missed why they were so important to the story there were the whole thing with the nodes which I don't think added up right there were just things that there were more missteps in it than 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 I I would have would have liked at all but but just it yeah, it, was, it was a little bit of a bummer and and um I'm not gonna harp anymore I just I I I went in thinking with the creative team involved, this would look cool and probably read pretty well. Um, and it, it kind of didn't and definitely one part and, and in the other yeah. in, in cases, there was one shining moment for me in the, the two and a quarter issues that I read. <laughs> and, and that was Lobo and Vril docs. Yes. That was yeah. Cool. That was that was cool. What happened there? Well, you put Lobo and Vril Docs together. Yeah. It's, you, what what does that spell? Right. It's combustible. Legion. It's it comes it, it spells Legion. Brains and brawn. So. I don't know. So. It, it, yeah, we won't keep I, beating I, the dead horse. I did. I did not enjoy right. it. So that, but that led. Right into, as Jason said, today's Justice League number one by Scott Snyder and Jim Chung and Mark Morales. And that was a very cool looking book. Ooh, was it ever? Oh, was it? It's pretty neat to see Jimmy Chung and and Mark doing uh, DC characters, man. It's like, it's, it's gonna take some getting used to. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And I I what and as cool as it is to see Chung drawing DC's big guns, um what hyped me up even more for this series was that the arcs or at least every few issue is going to be uh illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, which 
I'm like, yeah, Chung is cool and all. I'm gonna let you finish, huh. but it's one of those things where I'm I mean, let you it, finish. It, hilarious. It, but it's still, I mean, that now we got, you know, it's 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 quite a a uh, a one two punch as far as I'm concerned. I just, uh, I don't. I, it's weird. I just, I think. I just really have to come to terms that this, I don't want to say it's not a, it's a justice league. I don't recognize, but I, it's just, I don't, I don't know what it is about this justice league or, or, or the, the unnecessary aesthetics to some of their costumes. And I, it, it's hard. Every time I try to give it a chance, something comes up where it just, it smacks me back down and says that this isn't for you. And, and, and it hmm. bums me out to no end. I, I read this and then I read it again. Um, I, I can't say that I loved it, but I, I don't, I, I don't think it was bad either. I don't, I don't like the, the choice of the big bad, which worked against me. Um, but which actually that, and that reminded me of um, Vince's issue. With Luke Cage, because who you thought was really the big bad kind of wasn't by the time you get mm-hmm. to the end of the issue. Right. Well, that's true. Um, but I, I'm a sucker for getting the band together. And although yes. this wasn't purely that, it was kind of that in the sense that you get you get the uh, you get the first glimpse of this unit. I love the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. And in a lot of ways, this is that team. I love that Martian Manhunter's back where he belongs as the leader of the team. Yes, agreed. Um, so there were lots of things I did like. I didn't really have too much of an issue with any of the characterization. Uh, I like the idea of them planting the seeds of a bigger quest or threat versus the one that they were dealing with in the issue. Um, I I like that. John was positioned as their heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was there was a lot I liked. I, I thought the pacing was a little uneven. I I agree with you that some of the adornment of the costumes was a little wonky. Um, I can't I can't lie. I I did pretty much mark out when when John morphs into a, a dragon. A that was dragon. cool. And and at that moment. That that goes back to something that Vince mentioned months ago, where John tells Bruce, um, "Go ahead and, and activate the bombs." And he's like, "I don't have bombs in the moon. What are you talking?" And he's like, "Bruce, really?" And and so it's so right. so John is aware of everything that's going on, and and I I, I appreciated the um, the interaction with 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 how the team members mm-hmm. interacted with each other. But then there were some things where, and this is something that DC's been doing for a while now. It's like, oh, okay, here's Plastic Man and Vixen and a couple other characters who we're not really going to introduce and they're really not part of this team. They're just kind of in the background. You don't have to worry about them because that's not we're not focusing on those characters. We have seven others that are more important. And and it, it, those are those those are those moments where it's like, if I'm reading this, I, I want to if, if it's on the page, it's like Vincent is gun in a movie. If it's on the page, it, it's important. I need to know why it's there. And I don't. I'm not talking about although they'll mention Plastic Man in three issues from now, but if he's obviously here helping Flash handle some business, I, I 
maybe give a little bit more than than just hey it's Jim Chung because you want to draw Flash I, and, and Plastic Man. I just the reveal of the group at the end, the Legion was real cool. There were some there was some really neat moments. Um and it's the first issue. So I'm definitely coming back for the second. I, I want to see how things go. Um so no I I, I don't I don't want to come down. I didn't hate it. I just it what I'm looking for is a little different than what I got basically. So that's what I want to dive into. You you said something akin to this isn't the Justice League you want or your Justice League. I, as someone who's read much less Justice League than you or Vince, what do you mean by that? Because from my vantage, and, and I did take a glance before the show, just knowing where we all were kind of triangulating onto this issue to see what the uh, the general public was thinking. And, and it's it's pretty much an, a, an absolute off-the-charts love fest. And it seems that much of the love centers around the fact that for the last bunch of years, from the from the the criticisms I've seen of those that read Justice League frequently, uh, they haven't been in love with the team not being focused around the core central uh, heroes that have always been the dominant leaders of the Justice League, and it's and and that everybody's adoration today is that this gets us back there, it gets us back to this team being about the big, the biggest, and the best, and and the 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 characters that we associate with the Justice League. So. Other than Cyborg, who's, <laughs> no, but I'm saying he was retconned yeah. in on the last reboot as one right. of the founding members. What is it about this team that you dislike? Because it is all the heavy hitters. It is for me. It's it's it is the it's still the inclusion of Cyborg and and Vic Stone is a favorite character of mine. I have no problem with Cyborg. I basically just have a problem with Cyborg as. As not so much a member, but a founding member. He's a tight of the Justice League, exactly. Um, and I get it. It's it's you know it's since 2011 he's been a member of the Justice League. Get over it. He's been in the movie. That that's the way it is. And but I'm. Uh, but why is that? You you need to go down that road. The only reason why they're cramming Cyborg down our throats is because DC doesn't have an Iron Man, and they want an Iron Man to compete with Robert Downey Jr. That's the only reason why Cyborg is in the Justice League. It's the only reason. Because he can't, and, and and I'm, I don't disagree with you. It's because you've had, you've, they had John Stewart in Justice League Unlimited, so it's not like you know we just we 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 are we have a couple of women, we don't have too many people of color, so we, I, it, I don't think it's it's, it's not that. even that. You're I don't rather, think. you're right. You're, yeah. I, I'm I'm leaning towards what you're saying is that yeah they 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 want the the technologically savvy dude and 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 uh, but smart. To be fair, though, guys, just Cyborg was a member of, of of the Justice League in the Superpowers cartoon when I was a kid. I mean, this is not a new idea. Cyborg. The first time I ever saw the Justice League, Cyborg was a member of the team. And a lot for a lot of people that are in their late thirties, early forties, Cyborg was a member of the Justice League before we even knew what the Teen Titans were. He's not even around the same age. As the characters in the Justice but, League, no, you're, but you're, you're not. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm right. saying is, is this idea that DC is putting Cyborg into the forefront because of Iron Man makes no sense to me. He was a member of the Justice League in my as a in my childhood on the one cartoon that we had of superheroes at the time. That may be true, but I would like to think that the analyst in you would realize that DC's in competition mode. 
with Marvel and not for the comics, for the movies. They, they, well, they if we're really, be really blunt. I mean, if you're going to be blunt, then you can't extricate the fact that he's black from it because I would imagine that the fact that he's a black superhero is probably as important, if not more, than the fact that he's kind of like Iron Man. I'm not so, I mean, I'm thinking if even if Cyborg was a white man, it would still be Cyborg or whoever, even if, if I, I guess I just don't, what I'm getting at is I'm not sure why the idea of Cyborg, like Avengers and Justice League have had roving casts of characters forever, but. The idea has been, and Avengers is in the same mode right now. The idea has been, you got to have the core group in the team, and then you sprinkle around some other people. So why can't Sabor just be the sprinkling? Because he has been a member of the sure. Justice League okay. since the early '80s at different points. Let, look at it from the opposite vantage point. Why is Cyborg in the Justice League? Why shouldn't he be? He's one of their major characters. Ex- exactly. Watch. Why isn't anybody else from that era that of the Justice League that you grew up watching? Why uh, aren't, aren't the other characters in there? Dr. Fate was in the Justice League. Why isn't Dr. Not Fate? cartoon? Well, throw some, I didn't watch it. Throw somebody at me who else was in that I cartoon. Didn't, I didn't either. It was The I, Flash, Hawkman, Aquaman, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Firestar, Green Lantern, and uh, that Samurai Dude. Okay, why isn't Hawkman in in the in the oh, Justice Hawker, League now? In this this new one? Yeah. Oh yeah, Kendra. Oh, well, Kendra's at nice. the table. She's one of the main. She's uh, one of the eight. I don't know. I um, just I just whenever I smell shenanigans, maybe that's just my nature. But I I have to ask myself, what is so important about Cyborg that demands that he be in the Justice League? I didn't I I didn't watch the Superpowers cartoon. So, so for me, I never recognized Cyborg as as anything other than a Titan, and and that's again that, maybe that's, that's my our baggage problem. To. Yeah, so, maybe I mean, that's what it is. It's not like I'm not. I yeah, I, I have no issue with baggage. We all bring our own baggage. What I'm right. saying though is that it's. I just I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that this is them trying to shoehorn in Cyborg because he's like Iron Man. I don't I don't see that at all because we have 30 years of him being as part part of this team. So. Okay. Maybe not in the comics on a regular basis, sure. But, but that's the thing, and that's so. So, so we're not. It's okay. I, I get it. You know, whether it was the superpowers cartoon or the Justice League Unlimited cartoon or the, the right, but the creators now cartoon, grew up right, and I and, and that's and that's so okay, and and but that's not because I'm reading comics and I've been reading comics. I have my. My comics universe. I don't. If if I'm going, and I get it. You know, it was, was post Flashpoint and New Fifty Two, and whatever you knew before, just just forget it. This is this is where we're going now. And had I, I, I never made that that clean break. I still I still read my old comics, so I still have that that connection to those characters and that universe and 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 the teams they were on. So no, it's still one of those things where I'm. It, it's very difficult for me to say. Okay, well, if if Nightwing is this age, I just I, I don't want to have to be the, the 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 woman in the meme trying to figure out all the goddamn equations. I just I, I want to read the comic book that I enjoy with, with 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 characters and 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 that for the most part that I recognize and I recognize everybody in here. It's just one of those things where um I I have certain i'm not going to say problems but it's just i i have to get over for me to just sit back and and really enjoy the ride and 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 that's fine and, and cyborg has has proven himself and he's he's a very he's 
he's a great character. And he he does. I don't want to say he doesn't fit or he doesn't work with this team, and it and and he sticks out like a sore thumb. No, he's 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 a member of this team, and they all look up to him, and 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 he's important, and and that is absolutely fine, and I love that. But it's still one of those things where I'm looking at this table and I don't see Green Lantern. They they call in John Stewart as like you know his backup, and and it's like, there's just. When I think of the Justice League, there are certain whether it was my old Super Friends bedsheet, and and one side was the Legion of Doom, and and one side is the Super Friends, and I, it's it's difficult for me to to still see Cyborg sitting at this table with with, with the Trinity, with Aquaman, with Martian Manhunter. You and know, Dap. I think this may be on us. Now, the more I think about it, I think this is our problem because sure. we could take cyborg out you put nightwing in the justice league i'm gonna cry foul too or cor right. or oh, cory no, no, no. oh, i wouldn't like i wouldn't like that right no i wouldn't either that wouldn't make sense because i mean i guess it's the imprint we we are branded dap and i we read the titans as it was coming out and and cyborg i immediately identify him with the teen titans Right, and the same thing with Nightwing and Corey Listen, there, and there's Changeling. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is, is that it's it's a. But if we're going to be critical, I I just think it's important that we all hold each other's to accountable for for what what it is. And in this case, this is this is a pure case of nostalgia and wanting to be comfortably tucked into the nostalgia realm and we are all guilty of it at times. And, and yet at other times we can wash it away and love something completely different. For example, the Boahaha era, people love that. That's nothing like the justice league. That sounds like that you want to see. Uh, same thing with the Avengers. I have loved many incarnations of the Avengers that didn't involve or center around Steve and Thor and Tony. Um, so sometimes the lineups don't work for me. Sometimes they do. You mentioned the Teen Titans. I mean, I'm, I could be wrong, but I believe for the last bunch of years there has been a Teen Titans book with the core members and then a Titans book with, with younger characters that were not the originals. And neither seems to be resonating with people. And I wonder, is that because what they really want is these core characters to be young again? But then how do you do that when they've been adults for 20 years in comics? So maybe you just don't put out a Teen Titans book anymore. I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the, the best and worst thing about this industry, and we've talked about it a million times on the show, is that it relies heavily on nostalgia. And when there's characters or, or lines that maybe we're not as historically nostalgic for, I think we're a lot more open-minded. So I'm more likely to read a Justice League book and say, that's cool. Whereas I think, you know, you guys would probably give um, you know, uh, let's say a Deadpool book, uh, a more of a pass because you sure. are beholden. So right. it's just perfectly natural. I don't, I don't think it's yeah. wrong at all, but I just think that it, it did surprise me to hear your criticism be that this didn't feel like your justice league when, when objectively the, the main praise I'm seeing for the book today from other folks is that this is finally the justice league they've been clamoring for. Yes. And so okay. I don't know if that's an age thing. Are these people more in their thirties? Are these people just not as hung up on the cyborg thing? Like, I'm not sure where they differ. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, they're probably not hung up on the cyborg thing. Cause a lot more people are open-minded, but you have, there are, there, there are people who, yes, yes you're so we, close-minded. Yes, I am. I, I, there are people who've been missing 
Martian Manhunter, and 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 he needs, you know, he is part of this team. And even the Bwahaha air, he was the goddamn anchor. So yes, he is mm-hmm. very important, and and he should be there. So um, whether and and plus you also have uh, whether this is the post crisis pre Flashpoint Superman at this table, and he and Bruce and Diana are 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 friends. Um, there are it's probably not just one thing mm-hmm. and it's probably a combination of a few things. And, and people have had a few years now to, or even longer if they've watched superpowers cartoon to, to get used to the fact that cyborg is a member of this team, get over it. It's happening. It's what it is. Move on. And I just, because of something that I don't, I'm, I don't cringe at it. I'm not going to say I don't agree with it, but just because there's one thing that, that, that may kind of uh, is irksome to me to some small degree, that doesn't mean I don't want it to exist. I am totally, so totally. glad that, that, that people have embraced this, this first issue that came out a few hours ago. Good. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I'm glad that, you know, this is, this is the, I mean, whether you've had, Justice League and Justice League United and Justice League Dark and you've I mean I, I know since since the new fifty two there have been a few different there was the Brian Hitch series there's been a bunch of Justice League's books Justice League books in, in since, since two thousand eleven so um, this this definitely feel this is very much like what Marvel's doing with with Aaron and McGinnis right now where they're bringing back yeah the Trinity and and the heavy hitters awesome. and 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 here's you know right so there's you know it, it but it's Yes, it's it's one of those, and now we'll see if it actually continues if they can maintain it because again, mm-hmm. you know, we have we always hear it's a first issue and it's what people are excited for, and it's Jim Chung and 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 it's Chung and Snyder. So we'll see, you know, if that continues to. Like you said, though, they're smart to have Jimenez too because he's a beast, and we know that DC lo- DC fans love Jimenez as well. Oh God, I do, and and it's I, I just and by yeah, the way, just just to be clear, because I was I was struggling for an analog before when I used the Deadpool. I think the best analog because we lived it was the Last Jedi. I detest the Last Jedi. I feel as though it's a personal <laughs> affront to my childhood. I am lit. I would yeah. lit- if I were a shareholder of Disney, I would have sold shares because of that debacle of that film. Because it's not my Star Wars. It's not what I wanted from Star Wars. It had nothing to do with the quality of the film, had nothing to do with the plot, nothing to do with the way it looked. By all accounts, or not by all accounts, but many accounts, yourselves included, it was an enjoyable film. For me, it was horrible because it wasn't what I wanted. So I'm I'm perfectly open to those feelings. I'm just saying, you know, it seems to me like that's where your complaint is coming from, more than like a qualitative I think right. there's yeah. structural issues with this book or the team doesn't work for this reason type of thing, you know? Well, I got to say, um, I didn't read it. <laughs> Something that we all come together for this. But it, it, is, a, it is a beautiful looking book. Oh, I mean, I, I'm going through it now. And um, a couple of things. Uh, Commandy on the first page. What? Yeah, yes. right? Yes. And um, what's going on with Brandon Peterson? Dude, that ad, right? I'm like, I, I, I can't. We're not going to well, get listen, into it. He drew a perfect domino last year. Heroes, he did. So. Yeah, I mean, his so. commissions are on point. But, but I just and, don't get and, that image. It looks like. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't either. I don't, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. It's it, it from where but, we're going. And yeah, it, Chung. It's, it's a house ad, so. Chung destroyed this issue. 
He did. And and the uh I mean seeing the Hall of Justice and even and, and I like I like Snyder mentions, you know, the butterfly nebula that, that that's where Cal got the uh uh calcite from to build it and and there were and, and the whole thing with the hidden rooms and the doorknobs and and there are there are aspects of this that i really really dig and it and, and in some cases it's it's almost morrison-esque with with his jla relaunched many moons ago um th- there's some backstory to to martian manhunter i i like it a lot i i dig the whole construct that that john created for um for for the bullet he's going to fire. Uh, Why is Wonder Woman like, using foul language? Because it's hot? No, <laughs> it's not. No. The, I, I oh, got a question. Oh, no, no, you both... Because, because no, no, no. That, that, that actually... That, that was pretty neat with the whole double page spread events because that, that's her saying I'm the goddamn Batman. Everybody was trying to do a Batman voice. And they were all... Oh. Each other okay. for it. So it, was, it was a huge... It was a running gag for those couple pages. And it was fantastic. And they even wanted Vic... To do his Batman voice, he's like, bro, I'm not going to do that with Superman here. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Cal does the best Batman voice. And everybody, and Batman, and Bruce is like, no, he doesn't. And everybody's like, no, nah, yeah, no, he does. And, and it, so that was, that was one of those moments. It was a very, um, it, it, fanboy. Yes. And, and they're, they're a family. They're, they're, they're people who work together, who trust each other. And, and that, that, that definitely, um, helped, uh, or eased the pain, if you want to say that. But it, it, it was one of the moments where I, I really did appreciate the work that they were doing. Okay. My question. Uh-huh. I noticed Vandal Savage is in here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was so, my main complaint. For the but book. So how do they reconcile this stuff with what's yeah. going on in other books? No, that's the thing. That, and well, same thing with Plastic Man. That's what if I'm he's saying. Supposed be, he's supposed to be a mile next to Metamorpho and, and Mr. Terrific, how is he hanging out here over with the right, Flash? Right, right. So, so you're right. It, it, there are things where it's like, but it's the same thing right now in the Deathstroke book because it's Deathstroke versus Batman. And at the first page of, of every issue of this current arc, they're making sure to put a little footnote, an editor's note letting you know the yeah. events of this issue take place before the well, current. You know what? I mean, as long as they do that, that's cool. I, right. I think, it, yeah, because then, I mean, but, these but, heroes yeah. have lots of adventures. We're not going to ever see them all chronologically on a page. So that's fine if they note it. But in this book, they made no such note. No, you're no. right. And that was one of the things where it's like, well, here's Plastic Man. Here's Vixen. Here's a few other characters where it's just like, why are you here? I don't. And then they yeah. mention them offhandedly later on in the issue. And it's just like, but I don't. I mean, did you all just say peace out? And they sulked off like bruce banner on the side of the road i just there, there are things where i'm just like i don't are um, we to believe that lex legit killed him or is, well is he's that... immortal so no i know of... he's immortal so right. but yeah i i know okay i maybe it's one... lex's thrashing that makes him come to his senses and he starts being the the up you know upstanding guy that we're seeing in the immortal men oh maybe uh-huh. although that whole new age of heroes is supposed to take place right after Dark Knight's Metal. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's it is that we need we need the Reddit roadmap. But. I also gave this a pass as in the sense that I looked at it as a soft reboot of of a continuity, just because I didn't read Metal and I didn't read No Justice, so I just assumed there were going to be things that were probably established in those books that I just had to take for granted as I read this. The way Chung draws. Normally, when you see Joker, he's got the he's wearing his little bolo tie, or he's got something where he, his collar is buttoned up. And here, he's just very 
laid back with the open collar and I absolutely love this look and 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 the little conversation he has with with Lex about language was um yeah it's there there were absolutely moments where I the, the issue made me smile so it it it's but there were also a few things here where it it Almost every time I was like, that's cool, I would turn the page and I was like, that's not. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't understand why Sinestro is thrown down with the villains. Sinestro doesn't see himself as a villain. Why would well, he? Well, apparently he sees Lex, but. Right. I mean, I thought Lex has been a hero for. Right. Until he decides I mean, Lex to go. Lex has been on, on, on the Justice League for the last few years, right? Mm. Oh, ham on. It's. Uh, you need a cheat sheet for all this stuff. You do. You do. I, I, would, I would have liked some editor's notes. I, I was I didn't give the Sinestro a second thought because I mean you're right to have brought it up I just didn't think of that one but but the Lex Luthor one definitely led me a bit because I have been periodically checking in on the Justice League and I did know that he was a hero or at least was playing a hero so uh, but I I I kind of ignored that because when when I see the reveal of the Legion of Doom and because I think back to my Super Friends spreadsheet. And I used to just, I seriously, I mean, not, not like last week. I'll talk about like when I was eight, I would, I would flip the pillowcase over. Cause what I go, was your binky? I didn't have a binky. I had a baby <laughs> brother. I, I would just, um, I would, you know, match up reverse flash with flash. I Lex Luthor with Superman cheetah with, or, or, or Giganto with, with one. So I, in here we see the double page spread of the reveal of the Legion and there's Sinestro, Grodd, Joker, Black Manta, Cheetah. And I'm like, oh, okay, because we have, well, we don't have a villain for Hawkgirl or or if it's Hawkwoman or, and, and Martian Manhunter, but for the most part, hey, and Lex, most of the Justice League has their evil equal. So uh, seeing Lex or Sinestro as as heroes or, or, or anti-heroes or not villains didn't, didn't register with me at the moment. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've given yeah, Justice sure League its due. Sure is pretty. People it loved is. it. I'm glad, and 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 yeah, I'll 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 gonna, be back next for the second issue. Yeah, I'm so. going to read this because it looks really nice. That dragon is something special. That dragon is Definitely. awesome. I, yeah. I love the idea of, of of John being able to shape shift and change his mass as well. So yeah. that's cool. Um, one thing I, I just mm-hmm. I just, I read one of the other things I read that did not float my boat, but I just two seconds. Immortal Hulk number one. Okay, now all right. I don't know if it's going to be two seconds. I. Okay. You, you go first. You go first. <sighs> My idea of the Hulk is he's he's the nuke. He's the big bomb. He is the thing you throw at big problems, big villains. Um, he breaks. He destroys. It, the Hulk, when he's done best, like Peter David... You have the the human stuff, but never at the expense of the big, bad, throw down, knock buildings down, big, larger than life villains that only the Hulk can can battle. Like the Pantheon. Pantheon was a great era of the Hulk. You had the, the human side of it, but Hulk was fighting gods. He was, you know what I mean? He was smart. He was doing big things. I don't care about the kid who got... Involved with the wrong crowd. I don't care that he made a mistake and he killed somebody. I don't know that person that he killed. Yes, it's bad when 
gun violence is always bad, but dumb kid gets hoodwinked into robbing a um, being involved in a robbery and he freaks out being a young kid and he kills someone and uh, there's a checklist and all of it I don't care I don't care about this kid I don't care about what he did I don't care that the Hulk is wasting his time on a juvenile when the abominations loose you know what I mean like Right. I, I buy the Hulk to see these gigantic fights to go to other planets like Planet Hulk. Wow, that's awesome. That's like the quintessential Hulk story. I don't want this Bruce Banner walking down the road, like you said, with the solemn music in the background, trying to rescue a puppy from a tree. That's not the Hulk for me. I think this is the wrong way to go about this book. I give it 12 issues and it's done. It It was boring as hell. None of the characters resonated with me. I just thought it was a waste of time. Total waste of time. It It was a free comic book day story. It was it was it, it was not really a, a first issue setting up what this is supposed to be type story. I I thought Bennett's art it's Al Ewing is your writer, Joe Bennett is your penciler. Um Raya Jose is your anchor and Paul Mounts colored it. It's, I, I think there were some parts where um, Bennett kind of made it feel, give it that horror, 1970s horror type type feel art wise. I, I um, especially when the kid's pleading for his life. And I think Bennett's Hulk is pretty goddamn menacing, but to, to be the, the writer of, of, of wrongs and, and someone's kind that you're right. That, that real, I mean, it, I appreciate a unique take, but this doesn't, I don't, I don't think this, this suits the character. My, my main problem was early on in the issue where, and, and she's an amazing detective. Detective Mays is, um, is talking to, uh, to a reporter whose name is McGee, uh, where she says that um, they found shell casings at the site, as Vince mentioned. There was a it, it, there was a robbery. It was a stick-up at, at a gas station, and, and a little girl got caught in the crossfire. Actually, the, the kid robbing the store, um, robbing the gas station, got nervous, shot the little girl, and and shot uh, another person, a stranger, in, in the gas station at the Quickie Mart uh, in the head. Both died, and so did the person manning the uh, the register. Um, but May says that they found shell casing, so you know they're going to go on that and 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 see where it leads them, and hopefully you know they'll get some leads. The problem is, the kid used a revolver, not a pistol. There were no shell casings; everything stayed in the cylinder. So right there, I'm, and I get it. There 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 may be uh, something wrong in the translation. Joe Bennett is not. He's he's. He's down south. He's he's not. Maybe the maybe Ewing just wrote gun or handgun or whatever. So so that's what Bennett decided to draw. But Bennett drew a gun that does not. He didn't draw a pistol. There's no Glock. So was, so there are no cases. I don't know where that that right there. I'm like these are one of those things. That's where I just I it I get lost because I it, I don't see red, but I'm just one of those things where it's like that. that that just I, I can't no prize my way out of that. And and yeah, I, I don't I mean to your point, I don't blame Bennett for that one. I, I think that's 
that's just the art that's the script saying gun or handgun or something right. yeah. and or the editor that's something the editor should ultimately yeah, absolutely right yes yeah, someone should have caught mm-hmm. that and they did but but how does the fact that bruce banner gets shot in the head point blank and doesn't die comes back to life how does that make the hulk a better character or bruce banner it doesn't it's just ridiculous yeah i mean i i didn't know we were going to talk about this but i will just say i'm with vince i didn't care for it at all and to be fair i know marvel was very clear in their solicits and their hype for this book that this was going to be yeah a attempt at making the hulk in a horror book and so i'm not mad at them i knew what i was getting going into it i had an open mind um but but yeah i'm with vince i i just didn't Give it hoot and and you're talking about things that that lose you, like you said, Vince. When when Bruce gets shot in the head, point blank, and is laying on the ground bleeding out, and, and then comes back to life, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. No. Well, he's, they're, they're, so he's going, undead. He's an undead. Like that, that's we've ne- we have a, what eighty years of we've that's never been the Hulk. So I don't now. I I get that people play with the powers and he's pretty immortal and all that. And I get that. And and this is a nitpicky thing that there's probably people throwing up hearing us complain about this, but. But for me, I, I, that panel pretty much said, oh, this isn't for me. They, um, and there are other spirits of vengeance in the Marvel Universe. Why does the right. Hulk need yes. to avenge it's, that girl? Like, and Because the, the, he was there. But when oh, yeah. the, 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 those first six issues of, of the Hulk, he only became the Hulk, not, I know at night, but was it a full moon or was it just at night? Because oh. here, he's, he's in the morgue, but there is a full moon. And, and so that's mm-hmm. what brings... Right, he's like a werewolf. Right, so so that's what brings the Hulk back, and then and at that point, I guess you know. So once 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 Hulk goes away, and Bruce is back, it's it's I it it's silly. I I don't think I'll be back for the second issue. No, this. definitely it, not. It, no, it's no. just that I I gave it a shot because I do like Bennett. Um, I think you're being and, very kind to Bennett too. I I don't think this issue was. Oh, was I it, thought the art was rough. Yeah, I don't think it was anything special to look at. No, I, I really agree. don't. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll be kind to Bennett. I, it's not his best work. I, I no. think Captain America and the Falcon was great. I, but this is, but no, I, I'm, I did not care for this issue. There were parts of it that's with everything else. I just, I'm trying to find a little bit of a silver line. There, there, I there get it. Some, I get it. Yeah. There, there, I know. I know. I don't want, I'm not going to just absolutely crap on something, at least not this, but there were, um, no, I, th- there were parts of the art I liked more than the story. I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. And it, I'm, I'm going to, go ahead. No, it's just the premise. Let's just take everything that makes the Hulk awesome and just not do it. <laughs> not engage in it, you know? Okay. Like, I know it's, it's, it's by the book, but if this first issue had Hulk going up against the Wrecking Crew, uh, of villains we've seen way too many times. If that was this first issue, I'd be like, all right decent start <laughs> you know because it's big and it's i i want to see people get th- thrown through buildings in the hulk and and i want to see world threatening events i don't want to see a 12 year old girl get shot i know it happens but it's it's not the the provenance of the hulk to deal with shit like that he's yeah. not he's not equipped to do it he's he's a wrecking ball yeah C- can we can we talk about it we we enjoyed Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do, let's it. do it. All right. you... Another number one. Another number oh. one. Yes. Uh, a book that 
that has been um, highly anticipated by by yours truly. Uh, and it is Deadpool number one, written by, yes, folks, written, not drawn, written by our good friend, Mr. Scotty Young, with art on the main story by Nick Klein, with art on the backup by Scott Hepburn, who is currently by doing the backup work in this book, pulling double Deadpool duty because he's also the ongoing artist on Spidey Deadpool, wow, Spider-Man just... Deadpool. Yep. Um, this is a book that uh, we have known about for a long time. Uh, and I had high hopes for, cause I do very much like the character, but I also struggle sometimes with the way the character is written. Uh, but I do, I did go into this expecting it to be good because not just because Scotty's our friend, but because Scotty has made much of his career on writing humor books, and I find his sense of humor coincident with my own. I very much enjoy I Hate Fairyland. I enjoyed his run on Rocket. So I thought that this would be a book that I dug, and I was not wrong. Um, I th- I think he hit a perfect tone. I think, unlike a lot of Marvel and DC books in the stands, this is a book that if, by chance... Someone saw Deadpool 2 in the theater and wanted to pick up a comic book on a whim. This would be very comfortable to the moviegoer. Yep. Which is not to say that this was an adaptation of the movie continuity at all, but Scotty and or his editors, I don't know how much was driven by mandate in that regard, but either way, it worked really well. For example, Wade is, his new handler is negasonic teenage warhead smart yep and yep. in the in the movies she's a member of the x-men which is not part of comic continuity in this she's just his handler and she is a pain in the ass teenager who stares at her phone the whole time and and chirps at him um but i thought that they had a, an excellent back and forth um you can't have a deadpool book without the funny and i think i i i talked to what a couple months ago about the Spider-Man Deadpool series and how, even though it was a big deal because it brought Joe Kelly back to the character for me, it was a struggle because it was just so jokey. I mean, the, I think it was a mistake to have Spidey and Deadpool in a book together because they're inherently both guys that crack jokes all the time. And it just felt like joke after joke after joke. And that is often in my opinion, where Deadpool books or authors go, go wrong. They just get too crazy with the funny. And I thought Scotty did an excellent job in this first issue of certainly cutting cutting some humor, but not everything out of Deadpool's mouth wasn't a quip. It wasn't a one-liner. Yep. And a lot of the humor was was different types of humor, meaning sight gags, visual gags, um, pratfalls, settings, tone. It wasn't just, all right, let me see how many how many jokes I can fit into this book. How many one-liners? And and I think that's what you have to do to pull it off. Um, credit to Nick Klein for doing a great job with the visuals of this. Um, we get naked Deadpool, and in one frame, he's sitting in his chair, leaning back, talking on the phone. And where you would see his, his, his Wade Wilson Jimmy Jam, you've got a man-thing action figure that's on the desk that just happens to completely block out his dick. Yep. Um, and I asked Scotty about that. Scotty said just he gave him direction to have some scattered artifacts and toys about. And so it was it was on Nick to come up with the man thing as a joke, which I thought was terrific. Um, well, it is a man yeah, thing. So I, yeah, so I loved it. I, I thought it was great. It's exactly 
the kind of Deadpool book that I like. Action-packed, um, funny, but not just because he's cracking jokes. And um, yeah, he's a badass. It was it was great. We got listen. We we got we got a. a <laughs> When's the last time? Do they do do porn theaters even exist anymore? Like, does that actually exist? Yeah, yeah, like, they exist. Do they? Okay. Yeah. yeah so we, we got it. We got it. We got one of those. We got we got a biker gang with a dude that looked suspiciously like Lobo. Um, beat the shit out of Wade, uh, and um, and and <laughs> we get a we get a a rogue celestial who rides <laughs> around in a planet sized motorcycle right a celestial biker smart that i mean I that's that's just the word for for this i don't want to make scotty's you know ego any any bigger than it already is but there's a lot of smart going on here just from a yeah. um um a a staying power standpoint mm-hmm. where you get somebody who says i love that deadpool movie i'm gonna check out this comic book what's it all about oh i saw the guardians of the galaxy movie i know who these characters are look mm-hmm. they're playing monopoly this is fun and it drives the story because through playing monopoly they see this you know celestial on a motorcycle cool you got tony stark again someone with which the movie going public is completely familiar with mm-hmm. it just he he took the the vantage point from i'm gonna please everybody who's been reading deadpool for the past 20 odd years or whatever and i'm gonna make it easy for the newcomers to get involved in this it's just smart and it looks phenomenal mm-hmm. like i i you know i love deadpool but it's a it's a love that's couched in i don't want too much of you i need <laughs> me i need me time you know, so I, I visit Deadpool from time to time and this, it just feels, it feels comfortable, feels right. The, the, um, Star-Lord crying in front of the Avengers yeah. when that was just hilarious. Yeah. Like, no, no, it's just, I'm, the I'm look on here. Yeah. The look on the it, Thor is like, bro, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's so funny. Even um, Cap is smiling, laughing. Yeah. It's. Although if I'm going to, I mean, yes, this is the Avengers. Anybody who's already seen the Deadpool movie and might be familiar with the the characters of the Guardians movie, they know who Cap and Thor and Black Panther is. They they know who Iron Man is. They may, you know. So if I'm going to give DC grief for not dropping names when it comes to, or if they'll at least say Plastic Man and Vixen here, you know, Marvel is assuming. And I'm sure they're correct, but assuming that you're going to know every, who everybody is in this panel and not just the Avengers. But that's only because I'm comparing it to, to what I bitched about before. This this issue was a home run, including Hepburn's drawing of, of the origin stories yeah. in the backup. Very good. Um, the, uh, I thought Scotty nailed... I mean, we're, we're, we, we know... He's got a handle on Rocket based on the old series. Um, I thought the uh, the conversation that the Guardians had with with Twin Drax and 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 Rocket and Groot and 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 Star Lord that that all that was all spot on. Um, Negasonic, just like she is in the movie. Um, 
And apparently Scotty just saw Deadpool 2, so it's not like he could really use anything that she may have done or said in the sequel. Um, and here, this was... but And and what really made me smile is um, Deadpool's office, his, uh, his headquarters uh, is in Croton on Hudson, which is one of the places we're looking at to move to, but it is, it's, it's 10 minutes down the road from us, basically. So I, I'm very familiar with Croton. Um, so I, that made me smile. There was a lot and it's although, and I, the, um, the previously in or the whole, um, recap of the character, uh, on the credits page, I, since I wasn't, I'm not current on Deadpool. I had no idea about, you know, that he won, how badly it went, I, I know that he had the whole Deadpool posse and, and things like that with, with Mad Cap and Slapstick. Yeah. Right. Um, but I had no idea that, you know, it, it went so horribly wrong that, that he decided to mind wipe. And and um, so that, and that, in that case, then I guess this is a really solid jumping on point. I I know enough about the character. I was able to follow along. This this was a yeah. really solid first issue. So Just real quick. Everybody. I mean, not that you probably care one way or the other, but... Uh, things were going along great for them. And then as with always things involving Wade, it started going poorly and that he was taking too many missions that weren't getting the paid. He was taking too many benevolent missions or missions for the fun of it. So they kind of got livid, had a mutiny uh, domino took over. And then uh, it turned out that fool killer who was on the team mm-hmm. was actually evil and things got ugly and so he had to take care of business and then the mind wipe so but it's cool that you don't have to know any of that no 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 i'm just saying in case you're curious yeah i was curious. i really enjoyed that that it's i i no disrespect to jerry duggan but i i i didn't dislike a lot of jerry's run but for me the deadpool and mercs for the money two series were the most enjoyable deadpool we've gotten in the last few years. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed Spider-Man Deadpool or the Deadpool proper. Nice. You yeah. think Scotty wrote off his movie ticket for Deadpool 2? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? It's legit. Right? I enjoyed this a lot. Good. But I wasn't surprised at all. Mm-hmm. You know, if you throw a Scotty Young book at me and say, hey, you're going to enjoy this, I'd be like, what? You What? No. It's just... Scotty has been synonymous with quality for a long time. It's very true. And Scotty will not be there, but uh, at Heroes Con next weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, I have the great pleasure of hosting a panel about Deadpool with three of the current creators of the character, including our good friend, Mr. Declan Shalvey. The aforementioned and member of this team, Mr. Scott Hepburn, and Declan's partner in Old Man Logan versus Deadpool, Mr. Mike Henderson. Wow. Should be fun. Yeah. Tell me how it goes. I will. He's funny. (laughs) And that's not the only, I mean, it's a good segue. That's not the only panel that Jason will be a part of weekend after next. That is true. I will also... And this will be, I hope, a lot of fun. It will be a one-on-one inside the actor studio style chat with um, recent guest of the show, Mr. Ed Pisker, focusing on X-Men Grand Design. Look at you. 
Nice. But I'm not the only 11 o'clock comics host to grab his balls act this year and volunteer to host. One of the other of my faithful co-hosts also stepped up to the plate. I did. I had a, uh, when I saw what was available, I, I had to throw my hat in the ring. Um, I didn't even see a list. The... <laughs> That's all right, though. That's all right. Of course you do. I'm not mad. Probably working that day. I'm not mad. Um, there's a uh, there was one panel in particular. It's the busy uh, worker in the hostess. Hey man, it's it's sturdy job. Uh, there's an Archer panel with uh, Neil Holman, who is a um, a producer and art director for the television show, and Kevin Mellon, who is a um, storyboard artist and I believe storyboard supervisor. But uh, they I've known we've known Kevin for years i met neil for the first time last year at heroes um my wife and i are big fans of the show she more for sterling uh me more mm-hmm. for pam but it's it's a it's we enjoy it a lot and uh knowing that um they would be there and and that of of the panels that were left after jason had his way with the list uh i figured that this would um this would be a fun way to uh, to give back to to Shelton and Hero. So um, yeah, that mine is eleven thirty Saturday morning. Um, so enough time where if, if you're hungover, you can kind of walk it off a bit. But that should be a lot of fun. And this week, actually, well, tonight is um, the series one hundredth episode, which is it's crazy. only been 100 episodes it's only been 100 episodes but it's been like wow. nine seasons so it's i think they only do like 13 that's so, so crazy to me i would have guessed it was up to 2250 by now no it's nuts and and this season is fantastic with the whole danger island thing where uh, i'm i'm two well this is that this is the if this one's in the middle i'm two i'm three this is i've i'm up through season six okay so, yeah Still, still funny as hell. It's it's great there, and and the past couple seasons are kind of like standalone uh, seasons right, where right, you don't have to yeah. worry about the whole spy and and as. But anyway, yeah. But no, it's so we've got some panels. I mean, yes, of course we will be. Um, we'll tell you more next week, but you know you'll you'll find us on the show floor naturally. Uh, but if you want to get away from the floor, sit down for an hour a couple times next weekend. Um, we uh, we got you covered. Two thirds of us have us covered. Well, you'll be able to sit with Vince in the audience. Yes, you. I'll hold your hand. <laughs> it's gonna be, there's gonna be a crowd around Vince. No one's gonna be listening to us. Oh yeah, it's great. I seriously did not see the list, so that's okay. I didn't. It's all right. There was actually Vince. There's there's there was one panel. I I'd be nervous to sit in on, and there are a couple of people on that panel where I would have to ask. Why do you obliterate pencils when you ink? But I won't go there. Oh, no. Really? You got to tell me about that. I will. Okay. That would have been a cool... Like, if they if they allowed us to, like, you know, co-moderate panels, you and I would have had fun with that. We we would have a ball with it. It's true. But Jason didn't tell us, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> so what else what do else we have? Do we, we got have anything that didn't come out today and isn't to number one? Yes, actually, yeah. and, and and which surprised, well, considering we had this writer, artist, creator 
on the show a few weeks ago, um, and Vince almost took him to task on the events from Savage Dragon 233. <laughs> um, 234, and kudos to Eric for not... Uh, Right, hand. he sat but there the entire time. He didn't say nothing. While we be, we berated him, he didn't say boo. <laughs> so, in any case, the events that happened in issue two thirty three um, may not be so long lasting if you read two thirty four. But oh, this is Vince's baby, so that's not my baby. Uh, your baby's daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Savage Dragon. 234. Wait a minute. I got to get it here. That's okay. Uh, well, we in 233, we were all very, very sad because when Maxine um, was given birth to the, the newest dragon, she, or we were led to believe anyway, she expired. And um, relatively um i don't want to say long time readers of the book but if if you have a a bunch of savage dragon issues under your belt you know that malcolm's blood does things more often than not it makes the recipient explode uh dragon has a healing factor as did daddy and um it worked on daddy once but the depowered dragon Emperor Kerr, he went kablooey. And so the doctor wakes up. Uh, Malcolm comes to after all the stuff he's, he's re- recently gone through. And um, they're like, yeah, we're sorry. Maxine didn't make it. And he's like, fuck that. Give me, get her blood in her. Get my blood in her. And we're thinking it's not going to go well. Meanwhile, Rapture and, and the ladies are, are fighting still in Dimension X. But the real meat of this story is Maxine gets a transfusion of dragon's blood while she's dead. And she becomes a she-dragon. Finn and all. She's cute. She's green. She's Maxine. Ooh. And uh, while, <laughs> while, while she's introduced to her, her new baby and the family's all happy, in comes... The, the sex dolls from three issues prior? I think three issues. Two or three issues. And they throw down and everybody's fighting. And Maxine grabs her belly and she says, Oh my God, I'm going to explode. Uh, and it, it doesn't happen because Dragon beats on her chest. And he does the not now, not ever. The, uh, the Emmy goes to Malcolm. Um, and Maxine does not explode. So what we are left with is a Maxine who is now bald, still likes to get nasty. <laughs> and we don't know whether she's going to be a, 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 a dragon, be able to change back and forth. We don't know, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. But this is Eric doing what Eric does. And he's, he just, when you think he got him pinned down, he's going to do something totally out of left field. I'm glad Maxine is back. I, I don't think it was a cheat because there are no cheats in, in Savage no. Dragon. The, I mean, if this was a DC or Marvel book, it would, it would be like revolutionary because it's so unexpected. It's dirty, too. Rapture's showing a lot of MILF. Mm. MILF um, 
stuff. Yeah. She's she's completely naked in this and kills her own son. Yeah. Which we kind of glossed over, but um yeah, well, you know, the Lord giveth. He, this is definitely, you know, every time somebody was brought into this world, someone leaves it and and Eric made sure to um yeah. emphasize that uh with this issue. But not only uh, does uh uh Rapture's son leave, but yep. Alex kind of pulps Rapture's head. But only after Rapture um, kills Jennifer. Right. In in full view of her daughter, Angel. Angel's going to have problems. I think so. Yeah. But this, this issue was, I mean, another in a long line of of just fun, fun comics. What what more can you say about Dragon? It's, I mean, we could. It's it's just well drawn, old timey, and and I know know there's a lot of violence and a lot of nudity, but at the core of Savage Dragon, it's an old timey book. Mm-hmm. Do you? Because I've been, I guess, reading this now. What for? About eight did, months. Yeah. So like eight issues, maybe. Yeah. Um, is this building to a climax? Oh, who knows? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, are no, we, no. Does, he, does are, he usually are do arcs? To, are they going to battle? Um, what's their name? Rapture. Rapture. It, it will happen, mm-hmm. but when you're talking Eric Larson, it could happen twenty, thirty issues from okay. now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he. It's hard to say. Uh, he he threw um, Dragon into a, a Commandy-esque um, scenario for 15 issues, I think. I mean, whenever mm-hmm. he tires of something, he'll be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I set that up a bunch of issues ago. Let me, let me make good on that. He'll eventually make good on it. But to say, is this building towards something? I have no idea. And that's the joy of this book. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's 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 been a a genuine surprise pleasure to be back reading Savage Dragon. Nice. Because for a lot of years we've been doing the show, you would praise Dragon, and I'd hear you, <laughs> and I think oh, I love it when my boo's happy about something. <laughs> I get you. And now here I am. It's it's must see. It's must see comics. We we yeah. all, we all it, read it pretty much the week it comes out. It's a hard sell. It's not though. See, that's the thing. I don't think it is. If people gave it a shot, I well, but it you see, you don't know the superhero this... but you don't need to be steeped in continuity. It's fun, but you also can't be packed. a prude. You have to make sure that you're you're fine with. Yeah, the, I mean, yes, there's this. Yeah, is, comics creator probably hate this. Probably called sexist and right. Yeah, he's a misogynist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. you 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 don't like Mister Gum, Mister Glum's glove. And Alex's power glove, like you did. I don't know what those things are, and I, mean, I guess you don't really need to know what they are. Right. But long-term readers know what they are. But somebody who just picked this issue up would be like, "Okay, it's a power glove. Like it's not that hard to parse the the incidentals in this thing." But he does have a tendency to bring someone from the past into the current continuity, and you're just like what the hell is this? Where did this come from? Oh, yeah, in issue 28, this happened, and now 
the resolution 200 and some odd issues later it's 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 difficult to sell a book like this where the continuity everything's in continuity and and eric right, right. he's at the whim of of one person himself so if he wants to make good um a story he did 15 years ago he will but it's just but that's the joy of the book you know this this is the Savage Dragon is the antithesis of what we were talking about early on in the show, where these companies, they try and reach into the past to give you what you think you want or they think you want, when Savage Dragon has always been what we want. It's just one man's vision. And and maybe there's something to be said about comics by committee, whereas Eric is just one dude doing this book with... um. Uh, Nikos Koutsis on color, and and uh, who does flats? Mike um, Mike Torres. But it, it it's it's just I I kind of hope that Savage Dragon never really catches on because this is our thing. Well, now it's our thing. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's, it's like that indie band that you love, and then they they get on a major label, and everybody loves them. And it's like ah, you know, you ain't nothing. I was there at the beginning, like the Boston's. <laughs> well, I like the boss tones. <laughs> Just like. Uh, 234 issues later. But it's the book you should be reading. And I'm going to put it on the show notes right now. Nice. Yeah. So what you all have? Uh, okay. Um, I have a fifth issue of a multi-year event. Huh. Uh, Doomsday Clock number five. Hilarious! Look at this guy getting the digs in. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. Uh, then I won't go deep in on it. It's um, it's. I don't. It, I don't say it's weird. It there's um, I think if 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 you thought the past issue or two may have been a little on the slow side, um, this kind of picks things up a bit um escapees from arkham are um trying to make sense of what's going on and 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 follow some clues or introduce to other heroes in in other countries um some are very familiar to us uh based on current uh dc continuity um there's the uh, this conversation between Adrian and Batman, Johnny Thunder um, is about to be attacked by a bunch of uh, hooligans and street roughs, and uh, the marionette and the mime finally come face to face with. Um, with Joker. So th- this was a, again, if, if, if you thought the third and fourth issue may have slowed things down a bit, or, or you really weren't feeling it, this kind of, uh, you needed those previous issues to get here based on, on the m- motions and the movements of everybody. Um, but I thought this was definitely, um, more of what I expected after reading the first couple of issues. Uh, so I am not um, 
yeah, I, I, I would definitely say uh, if you've been deliberately hesitant on on reading this issue because of the past couple, um, just go ahead and read this one so we can move things along and, and you don't have to dread it is what I'm saying. What issue mm-hmm. number was it again? Five. Number five. Okay. How about that? Yes, how about that? I have a couple things I want to hit on. Hmm. All right. If I could, a little quick hits. Okay. Our, uh, our, our friend and listener, Vishal Rajani, I thanked him when he sent it, sent me a French graphic novel a few weeks back called Leviathan with a cover of a gigantic sperm whale battling uh, naval vessels and helicopters. And I had mentioned receiving it and thanking him at the time. I sat down and read it this week. Uh, it came out about 12 years ago in France and has been brought over to the U.S. Although interesting, it took that long because it's, it's, it is a legitimate graphic novel. There is no words, no dialogue. So not exactly sure why it couldn't have come over earlier. Um, now, I guess I'm not being completely fair because interstitially between the chapters are quotes from relevant works that have to do with whales. There's um, quotes from Moby Dick, quotes from the book of Job, quotes from um, different, you know, different, different uh, books and stories that, that featured whales. Um, It's the art style. It is essentially a three tone book. There's blue, black and white. It is a ton of cross hatching, very simple line work. It could well, many of the panels could well be done as tattoos. Um, it's not dissimilar to what Scrimshaw would look like. Uh, for those that don't know, Scrimshaw is an ancient, well, not ancient. It is an old time art um, where you take the uh, essentially ivory or baleen or whatever you have, essentially anything that's uh, like a hard tusk like substance and you, um, you carve into it um, and make pictures. Uh, but anyway, uh, this book is, is divided up into a handful of chapters. And in essence, each chapter takes a look at different versions of the whale in mythology. So you've got the whale against Moby Dick. I mean, you've got uh, the whale against Pequod. You've got um, the whale in the biblical sense. You've got um, a whale who tries to rescue the Titanic. You've got a whale meeting Noah's Ark. You've got probably the most visually stunning chapter is the whale doing battle with all of the different analogs that have been confused for whales over the years, right? We're meeting he fights and eats all of these different creatures, including leviathans and giant sharks and mermaids and sirens and all the things that that folklore have confused whales for sailors have confused whales for the years um you but you just it's it's essentially just a look at the the power of the mythology of the whale um in the last chapter the whale is battling a fleet of naval vessels um it's it's just a fascinating visual exploration of this idea of this gigantic creature and the power that it holds within the sea so um it's fantastic. It's it's 
for someone who loves whales like I do, it's it's a tour de force. Um, uh, it's definitely a niche book. If, if you don't love whales and, and you don't like books that are silent, not for you. But if you're down with that, I mean, this book is top notch and uh, it's wonderfully packaged. And it is by uh, a French publisher. Um, geez, I can't even find the official name of the publisher on the book itself. It was written by Jeanne Hardair, H-A-R-D-E-R. Um, it is published by Mom, M-A-M-E, T-O-U-R-S. And apologies to you French speakers. I probably butchered that. So highly recommend it, though. Leviathan. Um, uh, keeping with the quick hits, this is a book I ordered after seeing the Eisner nominations because it is nominated in the children's comic section. It is called Wallace the Brave, Volume 1, by Will Henry. Uh, on the cover, you've got three little kids, probably, I'd say, between 10 and 12. You've got a little girl with red hair. You've got a boy eating a sandwich, and you've got a boy carrying a fishing net, walking down a hill heading towards the ocean. And it is uh, done in comic strip form. I I must admit, I don't know if this is an ongoing comic strip that has been turned into a, com- a graphic novel or it was just a graphic novel written as though it were comic strips. But it is essentially a couple hundred pages of comic strip, and it takes place in a small fishing town called Snug Harbor. And it is about uh, the aforementioned uh, Wallace, his best buddy Spud, and their female friend who's new to town named Amelia, um, along with... Um, Along with uh, Wallace's family, his dad is a commercial fisherman, his mom is a horticulturalist, and he's got a pain in the ass little brother named Sterling. And I will tell you that um, the biggest compliment I can give this is if you are a fan of Calvin and Hobbes, this will be right up your alley. It's the same kind of same kind of spirit. Um, now, now, let me be clear. It, this is not Calvin and Hobbes. To me, that is holy ground. Calvin and Hobbes is up there with the holiest of holies. So I'm not saying that this is as good as Calvin and Hobbes. It is not. But it is a very fun, very quick read, very well-drawn comic strip um, that is perfect to read with your kids or give to your kids if they're into that sort of thing. I gave it to to my middle son, who is 13, after I read it, and he is devouring it. So, again, it's called Wallace the Brave by Will... Henry. And the last of my quick hits that I wanted to mention last year at Heroes, speaking of panels, I had the good pleasure of hosting a panel with Mr. Terry Dodson. And during that panel, although it was mainly focused on Harley Quinn, we did start talking about some of his other career work. And he was very proud to speak about Muse, which was a French Bon Dessinet that he originally worked on in 2006. And then a second volume was released in 2012. I believe it was called Longes, L-O-N-G-E-S in France, which I think means dreams. But when it was packaged in a hardcover and released through Humanoids here about two years ago, it was called Muse. Vince, have you read Muse? Yeah. What did you think of it? It's damn sexy. It is so sexy. It is. Oh, my God. So the premise is, let me be clear. This is not high art. Here's the premise. A, a 
Dodson-esque voluptuous beauty yep. has has been called to an estate to be the um, nanny for someone uh, or a governess, whatever the term. And she doesn't know much about the job. She she doesn't even know if she has the job. She shows up ready to interview, wanting to know more. This dude shows up in this crazy steampunk contraption. It's essentially like a, an old time buggy that uh, that rides along uh, a roller coaster like set of um, of of metal tracks, and it goes all the way to this giant mansion where she then enters the mansion and is given instructions that she's to be the governess for the uh, heir to this fortune who also happens to be, aside from being a young, a young teenage boy, he is a bona fide genius. He has created similar, seemingly limitless, fantastic inventions. And they are uh, resplendent throughout the house and the estate. And it's her job to basically distract him, according to the butler. So if you know what Terry Dodson is like when he can draw R-rated women, you know that she is more than capable of distracting any heterosexual male and the story is fairly simple but really well done in that in essence this is a chance for terry to draw gorgeous women scantily clad in all kinds of classic role-playing scenes you've got her in cave woman gear in a tarzan setting you've got her in damsel in distress setting you've got her in uh sapphic harem arabian night setting You've got her, and so forth and so on. Pretty much any fantasy that you had as a 13-year-old boy for discovering the naked body, she's probably drawn at some point in this book. Yeah. But what's decent about it is, and, and let's be clear, this book is not a book for the plot. But what's cool about it is there is a legitimate plot through it, which is that the boy, when, when she meets up with the boy, he often gives her a cocktail that he's created. The cocktail knocks her out into a dream state. Each of these fantasy situations she finds herself in are dream states that essentially end when the male in the story is trying to take advantage of her. She ends up slapping him, and that pulls her out of the dream. Um, And it just rinses repeats. And frankly, the most surprising part of the story is, as we find out near the end, when she finally puts everything together, why she's being put in this dream state all the time. It's surprisingly heartwarming. It's it's endearing in a way that you wouldn't expect from what is essentially a um, cheesecake to the nth yeah, degree. Yeah, it pulls it out of Cinemax. Right, it does. Yeah. It does. It's surprising. Um, and I frankly could have taken or, le- or left the ending because while it's cute and well done, in essence, this is a chance for Terry Dodson to – he's always been amazing at drawing women, but in this book – because it's a French it's a French graphic novel, he is allowed to draw them in a very suggestive sexual way. There's no sex in the book. There's this is a this is cheesecake. She is she's she is nude or near nude in most of the book, um, as are many other characters. But there is no sex. There is uh, flirtation. There's um, uh, there's implied sexuality. There's intent to have sex, but there is no actual intercourse or genitalia shown. So um, it is absolutely fantastic, though. You can get it on Comixology Unlimited, if you have that, for free. 
uh, Muse Volumes 1 and 2 in the Humanoid section, or you can get the hardcover, which collects all of it in a beautiful uh, form, um, also from her from 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 uh, humanoids, I believe it's thirty five dollar cover price, but Amazon is selling it for twenty two dollars. So, look if you love pretty women, and you like Terry Dodson pretty women, this is a must own. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's visually off the charts. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So Muse, so two thumbs up for Muse, two thumbs up for. Leviathan. Wallace the Brave, and two thumbs up for Leviathan. Nice. Hey, Jason, did you know that the last arc of The Shadow was called Leviathan? Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> I'm a little behind in that. <laughs> I got something. What you got? All right. This was one of the books in the box of uh, Titan Comics. Oh, uh, nice. I yes. hit him up today, by the way. Good. Yes, Good. you did. I hope he sends you this, because this was... Phenomenal. Uh, it's written by Kim Newman, illustrated by Paul McCaffrey. As like I said, published by Titan Comics. The color art is by Kevin Enhart. Inks on all issues, but the first by Bambos Giorgio. And there's a foreword to this collected edition by Mike Mignola. I heard him. Who absolutely. <laughs> Who absolutely you heard. adores uh, the books. Now, this was this is a standalone series, but from what I've been told, there's a, a series of prose novels in this mm-hmm. uh, this universe. But this five issue miniseries was it's not adapted from any of the books, which is awesome. So if you dig the books, you have to read the comics as a supplement to the novels. It is called Anno Dracula, 1895, Seven Days in Mayhem. The setup is awesome. Count Dracula came to England in 1885, destroyed Van Helsing, cozied up to the the Queen Victoria, marries her, and becomes prince consort and later ruler of the British Empire. That's the premise. Count Dracula is ruling the British Empire. That's alone is awesome. But this book is akin to a Marvel's What If mixed with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There are characters pulled from historical, literary, and cinematic sources, or amalgamations of all that. Um, it's, it's fun to uncover the sources for all of Newman's characters, but in terms of enjoying this book for, the, for what it is, the story detailed in this book, you don't really need to go hunting and pecking and finding out who all these characters are or where they came from. Yes, it adds layers, should you decide to take that bait. But I think the story is is rich and engrossing enough on its own. So you get surface level, and should you choose to dive a little bit further, there is, I mean, someone could annotate this book. It would take a long time, let's just, let's just put it that way, to, to annotate this thing. 
it, it opens up with a sea battle where you have a gigantic armada of German, French, American, and what's left of the British um, ships. And it, it's, it's called the largest assemblage of military might the world at that time had ever seen. So that, that's pretty cool. But the forces, the, the commanders of, of these forces, Thomas Edison is in here. And he's got, you know, the Thomas Edison doohickeys. There's a man named General Harkaway, who he's called a French military architect, a jumped-up music teacher, and he's on the German flagship. Who do you think? Now think about it. A Frenchman that is a jumped-up music teacher. Who do you think this character is? If you, I mean, sight unseen. Now, this is Victorian England. It's the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. No, it's amazing. Sense. And, and the, mm-hmm. uh, Newman kind of couches it as, uh, you know, to fight a monster, you need monsters. So, so this massive armada is making a beeline to the British Isles to take out Dracula. And Dracula's not having it. He sends forces against this armada. He's got bats in gliders with aviator helmets on and goggles. He's got a kraken, which just rips the ships apart. There's mermaids, um, creatures that look like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It, it's, it's astounding, but it, it only happens over the course of two pages, and it's done. And we, we get back to England, and that's when the story really begins. Because you have this woman named Kate Reed. Now, this is where knowledge of Bram Stoker's original novel comes in handy. Because Kate Reed was a character who originally appeared in Stoker's Dracula. But he cut it. He cut her in the final draft. And she's a, she's a journalist. And she's also an anarchist. She wants Dracula out of the picture. She's a member of this group called the Council of the Seven Days. They want to unseat Dracula by any means necessary. And again, you can go through all these characters and find out where they came from and and who they are. But the the council members have code names. Kate is Wednesday. You have a vampire named Princess Christina, Light. She's Saturday. Uh, Alexander Ossipan, who is pulled from Joseph Conrad's The Secret Agent, he's Monday. Uh, Paul Munimont is Kate's boyfriend. He's Tuesday. You have Gabriel Sim, Thursday. Peter Pietkow is Friday. And you got this guy. They call him Sunday Bloody Sunday. He's not human. He's a gigantic. He's a bloated. I don't know whether to call him a magician. He could be an alien. Um, I, I don't know what he is, but he's incredibly powerful. He is, is, uh, Sunday and they're trying to unseat Dracula. They want him done. They want to kill him. And, um, you get another group, the masters of crime in London called the Limehouse Ring. There is a female, Shang-Chi, called Falo Sui. 
She's the daughter of the dragon. The dragon, also called the Lord of Strange Deaths, is Fu Manchu. This book is awesome. Like, I cannot, if, <laughs> if you're like myself, not Jason, are a lover of the pulps, this book is going to push all the right buttons. But the series jumps eras. Like, the novel series jumps eras. This is the first, like, Anno Dracula takes place in the Victorian age. Then you have 1,000 Monsters, which uh, um, takes place in 1899. You have Anno Dracula Red Baron, which is 1917. Uh, Dracula Cha Cha Cha, which is 1959. And Johnny Alucard, which is 1970s to 1980s. So draw the line. They don't unseat Dracula in this book. It's one of those things where they try and take him out, but removing him from his position would be, uh, I'm not going to say how, would be a much worse thing than letting him do, like the devil you know type scenario. Um, There is a character in here called Graf von Orlock. He is in charge of the Tower of London. He's, he's the, jail, the jail master for Dracula. Um, and if you are a fan of monster movies, as I am, you know that Graf von Orlock was the vampire from Murnau's Nosferatu. So there are tons of references in this thing. I was spellbound. It's, it's amazing. Um, I've mentioned a bunch of times how I'm a fan of uh, Brian Talbot's work on Technophage. The uh, the art style in this book by um, Paul McCaffrey is very similar to what um, Brian Talbot did in uh, Technophage, including the color work, which was done by Angus McKee. This book looks... It's it, it looks vintage and contemporary at the same time. The line style is very clean, but the figure drawing is amazing. Um, and as I said, you can go through this with a very fine tooth comb. Um, if you are well-read and, and seasoned in your pop culture, a lot of these characters are going to be apparent who they are. But if you're not, like there's Easter eggs in this book like crazy. The Nautilus appears... Um, there's a, uh, Christina Light is a vampire, as is Kate Reed. They're vamp, see, Dracula gave the, the dark kiss. When he rose to prominence, the vampirism spread. So there's a lot of characters in this book that are out now vampires. But they're not, um, they're not bad per se. They're just, you know, um, I, they're not evil. Let's just put it that way. Um, this, uh, Princess Light, she glows. Part of her curse, uh, involves her glowing. And then somewhere in the narrative it says, um, you know, well, real vampires don't twinkle. Which is a reference to Twilight. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just a hodgepodge of... Shots were fired. Yeah, yeah. It's a hodgepodge of, of, you know, nudges and winks and... And uh, 
barely couched uh, uh, literary or cinematic uh, predecessors. Um, Kate goes through the the book. She's very fetching, but unlike many vampires, she doesn't use the sexuality. She doesn't push it. She wears... uh, There are characters in here that mistake her for a boy. I don't see how, but they do, because she wears like a a newsboy kind of costume. She hides her hair in a a hat. Uh, And there's also another narrative going on through here. There's a, a woman named Penny Churchward, and she is she gladly took the the dark kiss because she's a social climber. She thought, well, the longer I have to live, I'll be able to climb the sh- social ladder. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll become a vampire. Why not? Um, she was friends with Penny when they were young, and uh, she's in charge of Dracula's Tin Jubilee. So she's trying to plan this this event. And the paths are intersecting, and it's it's amazing. Like I said, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen meets Dracula. Uh, there's anthropom- there's an anthropomorphic walrus in here. I don't know why some people or some characters are a bit um, more fantastical than others. I mean, when you have wizards, um, magic users, seemingly magic users, and vampires running around. I guess an anthropomorphic walnut, walrus is not beyond the realm of possibility, but it's just strange. Like he's, Aside from the bats, he seems to be the only character that's uh, an animal. But it, I thought it was amazing. Um, you see Varney the vampire dropped a couple times. There was a, there's a, I believe, like a pub in the in the early chapters that's called uh the Varney Arms and if you knew Varney the Vampire is very important to uh historically to to uh vampire fiction and it's I I loved every bit of this thing. I I hope Jason you get it in your box because I think you may enjoy this too because you're well read. Right. You know? Uh, I do I mean vampires is a yeah I'm a big fan, so. And it's it's not dirty at all. Mm, like the dirty. No, there there's there's titillation in it, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not out and out. It's not Christopher Lee ripping off, you know, the mesmerized woman's nightgown. You know, it's it, right, right. It, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You could you could read this book five times and pull things out, pull new things out each time you read it. And which is compelling me to read the novels. But I think um, Newman has some misgivings about littering his series with all these references because um, I did a little bit of uh, data collecting and I guess the, the, the newest one doesn't really have all of the 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 antecedents and the precedents. And he was like, it was like a breath of fresh air to do that because I I can only imagine how hard it is to try and pull previous characters and compile new ones from not only all of literature, but in certain time periods too. Like this is Victorian England. So the characters that he used or the characters he used to make other characters are all from this particular time period. 
he didn't pull, you know, like Blade from the 70s into this universe. All of these characters are period specific. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's a monumental achievement. And I, I am very hungry for more. Awesome. They keep victims in cages and they just bleed them whenever, like humans are cattle to these vampires, which is, is not uncommon in vampire fiction. Mm-hmm. They, they see humans as just like, you know, a drive through McDonald's, but, uh, amazing. It's, uh, 1999 for, uh, five issues and it yes, is, it is well worth your, uh, time and, um, you know, this brain cells, I'm reading the novels, but you know what I noticed? This is weird. Titan comics in the previews and Titan books were two separate entities. You could uh-huh. order paperbacks through the previews from Titan Books. Not so the past two previews. It's like Titan Books has disappeared. The comics are still there. You can still get Titan comics through the previews, but the books, mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. Like, what's up with that? It's called a pivot, Vince. A pivot? Yes. Uh, when, a business, when a business changes its stripes, it's called pivoting. I'm I'm wondering if it's not Titan, whether it's Diamond, because there's there's, well maybe it is Titan because there are paperbacks, but not to the degree. Right. The books and magazine wow. section in the previews has evaporated. It is no more. Mm-hmm. The books and magazines have been integrated with the comics, which I don't think was a good thing to do. No, I don't think so. No. Because you'll be going along in the comics and you'll see 007 magazine with the comics. Like, what is this? You know, or you'll see like um, Scary Monsters or, you know, any kind of magazine or book. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was in a specific section, you knew exactly where to go. Check out all the novels, all the magazines that are coming out. Now they're all mixed in. You got to go through the entire front section just to find the magazine you're looking for. Mixed in with all these comics, it's not a, it's not an advancement. Not a good thing. look. No, you're just humoring me. I'm not. Kind of. <sighs> Do you know what's significant uh, from the name Irma Vep? What that? She's a a costumed um, character in this comic, but her name is Irma Vep. Okay. It's an anagram for vampire. Oh, yes. I was just gonna say. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff that's in Another this wordplay. Yep. Love it. Love Can you give it. me a female Shang-Chi? I'm, I'm there. Right? And Fu Manchu? Shut up. You're so, you're so easy. I am. Mm-hmm. I do love my Fu Manchu. Yeah, you do. I love him and I hate him. I love him... Because he's an awesome character. I hate him because it held up the reprinting of, of Master of Kung Fu for how long? Too long. Too damn long. Yep. You have those omnibuses? Yep. All of them? Yep. My trunk's big enough. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yeah, I get him down heroes. He's going to know. He's going to notice. The omnibu I have inventory on. DCBS monthly weekly shipments. I don't know. 
<laughs> well, I've been doing it. I've been doing it recently. Yeah. Uh, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there was um, one other issue that uh, came out today. It's not a first issue. It's a second issue of a weekly series that uh, I know for a fact that one of us, one of us, not feeling it. I don't know about the other one of us, but I know for a fact that one was not. Okay. Um, What's this? I. This would be written by Brian Michael Bendis, Man of Steel, number two. Ugh. Your art on the first thirteen pages. I guess you know which one of us didn't care for it. Yeah. Um, Doc Shaner on pages one through thirteen. Steve Rude on pages sixteen through twenty-four, and Jay Fabak using panels from issue number one on pages 14 and 15. Um, I (laughs) did not love this as much as the first issue, which I know Vince had issues with as well. Um, Listen, I, I am, this is one book with two issues so far that I am enjoying because of the story Bendis is telling. There are some things that, are happening on the pages that don't specifically the back half. I, I wasn't, I love Steve root. I am a long time fan of the dude, but there were things going on in his half of the book of the issue uh, that, um, Superman in action was kind of cool, but then Clark hanging out at the Daily Planet, not so much. I, I The book is supposed to take place in present day, except I think Clark stopped off in the 1930s on his way to see Perry. Oh, snap, shots fired. Pew, 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 pew. Because my man is wearing that <laughs> awesome. I like the pew, pew, pew. What a uh, Double-breasted pinstripe pew, suit. Pew, pew. He was going double-breast on you, though. Um, the, uh, the, the earlier part, with the toy man and and uh, the smack that uh, Winslow shot was trying to um, throw down on on Superman, um, I I got a kick out of that interaction. Um, the cold shoulder to Hal is appropriate, but it it's I I thought Shaner's work was pretty solid, but I wasn't the oomph really wasn't there for me with this issue and um there was a uh, an interaction between there was a conversation that um uh the guardian um ala apa ali asa yeah, um, had with uh, what the hell's his name, uh, Lord Gandello, who is, I guess, one of the uh, the old cosmics, one of the cosmic elders of the DC universe. Um, they're they're trying to decide. You know, it, it's like just mere days ago, um, we had. Uh, um, Someone had had had, had Rogozar had come to us. Someone had come to us and said, "Listen, you know, Krypton needs to be 
purged. We need to be cleansed of its existence. Um, they they uniformly, unanimously said, no, they, they, they deny his request. Everything must stay the way it is. And now Krypton is no more. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's awfully coincidental that someone went against our decree and, and um, went into business for themselves, more or less. Uh, so we have um, APA is basically like, well, either somebody who is who has always uh, been a soldier for us, if that person has decided to take it upon himself to destroy Krypton, A, we better hope that he destroyed himself in the process, or um, B, hope he doesn't want to turn his attention on to us, because if he could do that to Krypton, there's no telling what he could do to the rest of us. Um, so again, we're still playing with the idea that um, Zar had something to do with Krypton's destruction. I'm not still not 100% sold on that, so we'll see where it's going. But um, I wanted to at least mention this because it is weekly. I enjoyed the first issue. I was hoping that that momentum would continue, and 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 it did in some cases, but not a hundred percent. So um, I'm gonna keep it hundred and and just say um, I kind of agree with Vince, where I really wasn't feeling the cover either. You know what? Only because I love you, I'm going to call you out. Because Uh-oh. you are the one, the first. Damn. You are the first one among us who will poo-poo a book that has too many hands on deck. Yes, this agreed. book has three artists. One of yes. which, one of which turned in the exact same yes! pencils yes! that, that yes! he did last week. Yep. Yeah, which is really. Like that is weak sauce. That's oh, absolutely. That's bush league. I I wasn't. I mean, if it was supposed to just kind of, you know, remind you that we're 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 picking up seconds, not even seconds. We're picking up the exact moment before we're now seeing a one eighty. What 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 Lois and John and Clark were looking at. We're seeing that now. Um, you didn't need the same three panels from the previous issue, right? Right. To to, to move that along. So I'm with you there. Okay, I totally agree with you on the cover. I right. think it is one of the most abysmal covers I've ever seen on a comic book. This this cover would not instill me to do anything but walk away from it. Three human beings. It's not even in, the in first a, panel. There's nothing in this issue. No, yeah, but yeah, that's that's besides the point. But I'm just saying, like, three human beings, one Clark feigning surprise. <gasps> like, he's not, he's like, if you were an actor, I'd be like, next. Let's see somebody who could really emote. The cover is stillborn. It's it's yeah. horrid. I'm, and I'm not in love with that logo either. It's a horrible logo. No, but I mean, I just thought this issue was a mess from start to I, finish. I know, I know. Yeah, I I am more on Vince's side of this no, one. That's fine. No, it, it's it, I really like the first issue a lot. Um, this issue from the double-breasted suit to the. <laughs> It's different so art different. styles and you know you're right i mean listen rude the dude is that that he's that dude i mean i but man i don't know it just didn't work in this i don't and i just get frustrated like why did they need three artists in the second issue mm-hmm. like why and it's, not, and, and it's not even like even right, it's, it's not like, it was like yeah, he did the first dude, issue i don't understand 
Like, I don't get it. How do they keep giving dudes a pass like this? I don't get it. And we knew but, Bendis was uh, but it's not like they sprung this on four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that that uh page with Perry brooding where going through the years. Yeah. Over over the oh boy, that's that's just nasty. It is. And and I'm I'm sorry, but if this is this is your bid to bring Superman back to top ten, it ain't happening. It's not. And I'm not in love with with with, with Brood's Rogel on the last page either. Well, at least it's it's exciting, you know, of of the five or whatever <laughs> pages four panels on that yeah, page. It's I don't know. I I I wanted this to be fun, but it's just it's a slog so far. The first issue was pretty. I don't buy the premise that. <laughs> Some dude had a, uh, an active hand in the destruction of Krypton. You would think after all this time, yes, I'm saying I'm someone not, I'm, would have known. I think someone's mm-hmm. trying to, to to take credit for for something he really he wanted to do but couldn't. So we'll right. see. But I yeah, jury's still out on that. But uh, as far as production, this issue was a whiff. I love Shaner's work. He did a good job. Yep. Um, Fabak phoned it in, and Rude's work was too dark. There's too many. He spotted too many blacks. Yep. Man, I tell you, Shaner takes being the guest of honor to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he was announced as the guest of honor at Heroes, I believe, the weekend of last year. If I'm not mistaken, either that by the time we were leaving the show, or right thereafter, like when they said the stay tuned for next year's dates. Here's here's when it'll be. Doc Shaner was the one creator named. So he was the big guy, the top get. He put out on his website a pre-show commission list for three spots. Oh. To stay. They went within a millisecond. That's fine. Yeah. And he's not planning on drawing at the show. <sighs> if you're an art-centric con and you make a guy who never comes to your con the guest of honor, like the top guest in your billing don't you kind of expect it's going to do more than draw three pictures before the show yeah. before the show and draw at the show i mean i presume there's no hard and fast rule on this i'm sure they let you know each person's allowed to do what they want and i get it but i mean doesn't sound seem a little sketch because yeah. you know shelton's you know they're flying them out they're putting them up right that's true. It's not a networking show. Like it's not a show that you're there just to do business. Right. Head scratcher. Yeah. 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 Guy's good though. He is. He's real good. He is. Mm, he's, he's good. I I see. You know, in in his uh, Superman, the facial features especially, mm-hmm. I see some Waringo. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he holds a camera when we were. Well, no, we're not saying that. There's just there's a resemblance. Yeah. Mm. He's good stuff. This Fabak, I don't know what the, where is this coming from. I don't. That's just yeah. Ne- next next issue, we're going to see the right hand of whatever that that <laughs> yes, that's all it's going to be. Is. Yep. Every 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 week is going to be half page from the previous week. Second page is going to move the story forward mm-hmm. next week. That's going to be on the left hand side. I know. You know, it's... I can understand if it was a dollar ninety nine, but this is four bucks. 
Come on. Uh, come on. I know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. All right, let's bring this on home. All right. Hey, everybody. This has been 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 450. Wait, 545. <laughs> there, there, we there we go. Dyslexia, good. I love it. And uh, as usual, sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door, such as from Dynamite, The Further Adventures of Red Sonja. Trade paperback volume one will cost you $9.99. That's 50% off. IDW's Black Crown imprint, House Amuck, featuring Sean McManus. Can't wait. $1.99. And from Image. It's that word again, Leviathan, by John Lehman and Nick Patara, $1.99. I'm not going to go deep on this because I, if my co-hosts did not read it, I implore them to do so. And we'll talk about it next week. Written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Matthias Bergara, published by Boom. It is called Coda. Did you read this? Not yet. Jason? <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. If Maestro's was not a thing, never existed, this would be the book that we talk, we, we, we would be gushing about. It's on a level with Maestro's. Not in terms of detail, but in terms of um, artistic, an artistic tour de force that doesn't, resemble anything else being done currently coda is an amazing freaking book did you even get it jason Mm -mm. oh no i'll 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 fix that oh it's easy i can procure it it is unbelievably good there's a pentacorn in it not a unicorn a pentacorn he's got five horns it's phenomenal. I, I, I just went through the thing three th- times, just gushing, looking at the art. It's, it's gorgeous. We'll talk about it next time, hopefully. Coda, number one, from Boom. Boom. Uh, um, I had a couple things. First, um because it was the first thing that I grabbed out of the DCBS box that arrived today. Um, Where We Live, a benefit for the survivors in Las Vegas. Um, I flipped through it. It looks amazing. Everything that um, that we were led to believe um, would be in it and, and how it would look. Um JH and his wife were not lying. Um, so I'll be reading more of that uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, head over to YouTube. Check out uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the official trailer. That looks like a lot of fun to me. Uh, hopefully um, some of you might agree. And finally, this was a series I was introduced to last year at Heroes by Neil Holman, uh, the writer. Uh, it's called Red Line. It was put out by Oni. Uh, it was five issues. It's been collected. Uh, Neil Holman is your writer, illustrated by Clayton McCormack, uh, colored by Kelly Fitzpatrick. It's um, 
takes place on Mars, and the uh, it's pretty much been colonized. Uh, your major player is someone who um, uh, goes by the name of Coil. He's he's pretty much the guy in charge of um, the. Uh, uh, they're not quite cops, not quite rangers, but um, Coil is the main guy you're going to latch on to. Uh, Simon is um, is his right hand man, and then there's this guy Peck who's new to the crew. Um, but it, there's a little bit of a murder mystery involved. It's the art. The art reminded me in some cases, uh, as far as Vince is concerned, um, a little bit like Made Men, but not as um, oh, maybe sweet. not as clean in some spaces, in, in some places. Uh, it's a bit scratchy at parts, um, but it, it, it moves the story along. It looks pretty cool. Um, it's considering it's it's written by one of the people who brings you Archer. There's a little bit of that um, sense of humor, uh, a little bit of that attitude. The um, the way all the char- the way the characters interact with one another and and the lip they give each other, um, a lot of it kind of rings true if, if if you're close with the people you work with or um, just have that kind of personality attitude problem. Um, but I I enjoyed it. I read the first issue um, and had to to get the, the remaining issues and I did and I've. I just shotgunned all all five and really enjoyed it because the first issue, the first few pages of the first issue don't really kind of set it for me anyway. They didn't really set up what I was expecting. And, and as it the, 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 the issues unraveled and the mystery um, deepened and some other characters were, were introduced, um, things aren't really what they appear to be on the surface and it's not like even though they're on mars you're really worried about any any aliens interfering on it it's everybody involved is still is still very human it just takes place on mars it could the setting could pretty much be anywhere but um there's some backstory that you don't you're not bogged down by everything is explained within the conversations um so it's very easy to follow along and and get attached to the characters um which can be unfortunate in in some of the cases for uh, for one or two characters, but overall, I really enjoyed it. So I'll um, I'll be able to tell Neil when I see him that uh, I liked it a lot. So if you can check it out, Redline from Oni, uh, only five issues. If you find the issues, or get yourself the trade. Respect. Um, I've got a weird one for you. I ordered this because I was so taken aback by the solicit. I had to see it for myself. Uh, it's by Top Cow, which is a wow. imprint of, of image. Yes, I know. Um, it's it was billed as a spin out of Sunstone. I think I know where he's going, with which this. I didn't read. But Sunstone was, um, from what I gather, Sun uh, Top Cow's best selling book of the last decade. It was a relatively long-running series created by Stepan Sage, and it was about two women who get into BDSM. So softcore, or maybe hardcore, I don't know, I didn't read it, porn. 
But uh, when I was going through previews a few months ago, I noticed a solicit because the book was called Swing. Yeah. And it said, spinning out of the Sunstone universe comes a slice of, ri- slice of life romantic story about a couple trying to regain the sexual energy from the beginning of the relationship by swinging with other couples. And I was like, the fuck? I'm like, wait, what? From, from Image? Like, that? Like what? Like, that's weird. And even stranger, it's written... But co-written by Matt Haw- Matt Hawkins and Jenny Chung. Why is that significant? Well, Matt Hawkins is not only a author of some renown; he is the president and head of Top Cow. And Jenny Chung is his wife. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to see this for myself. So it came this past week. It is an OGN, so it wasn't released in issue form first. It's just a straight up trade. Um, it, uh, it is as it's built. It is a story of a couple that, um, the wife is, um, she is a student at first. Um, uh, she's an Asian girl. She's, she's from a very protective family. Well, specifically a very protective mother, um, who's always hoarded over her and, she goes off to college and she falls in love with one of her teachers, a teacher's assistant. They quickly, the relationship quickly turns sexual. They become a couple. They end up getting pregnant and decide to keep the baby and get married. But it doesn't end like a lot of these stories in that you fast forward and they're happily married. She's gone on to a very successful professional career. He is a teacher. They're doing well. They have two kids. But over the course of their relationship, their sex life has gotten stale. And so in the first part of the book, it's pretty much straight up porn, straight up erotica. It's them falling in love and having sex a thousand different ways in the pages. Um, then you fast forward and, and then now this older couple and it details in, in relatively heartbreaking fashion, their lack of sexual chemistry suddenly, well, not suddenly, but gradually. Um, which leads her to suggest that they try swinging and he is reluctant, but wants to go along because he loves her very much and he doesn't want the relationship to wither and die. So they end up at a sex club, hijinks ensue, and uh, it doesn't go as according to plan, but it goes well enough that they continue to experiment. She ends up bringing one of her best friends in to have a threesome he, he goes for that. He's like, oh, I'm down with that. And that's basically where the book ends to be continued. I think they have plans for five volumes. This is the first volume. It's weird. A couple things. One, it's drawn by Linda Sage, who is Stepan's wife. Um, in the back is a little uh, epilogue written by Hawkins and Chung that in in my interpretation essentially says that they're about, about that life. <laughs> that they're pretty much down with the life. Like, like they, they do one of those things like, Oh, well, you know how much of this is autobiographical or how much is made up or but, but they, they strongly want you to believe at least keep your mind open to the fact that they might be down with the swinging life. And it's pretty crazy really like that that in essence this book exists 
to essentially demystify and normalize the idea of swinging. Um, They're going to be the heroes? (laughs) 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 You're free. Now, real talk. Linda is not the artist that her husband is. Right. She's fine. She's fine. But but this book suffers in that I think her art is more akin to what you would expect to find in a Xenoscope book. Mm. And if you're going to do an erotica book that is to be taken quasi-seriously, I think the art has to extend beyond what you would expect of a book you find in the boundless part of previews. And I'm not sure this does. No. So I think if Stepan drew this, then he got something really interesting. In fact, I don't know much about the Sunstone book, but the fact that he drew five volumes of lesbian BDSM, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Of course you are. Um, oh, yeah, because you're not, because you're, you're a prude. That's um, right. So I'm not going to tell you to run out and grab this book, but I have to say I'm glad that it exists. Because it is a hell of a unique book. It's not to say that there aren't other erotica. We've talked about some over the years. But generally, they're self-published or kickstarted, or You know, they're not at a major label. And I give them credit for feeling compelled to open an honest dialogue about a style of life that we're probably all, at the very margin, intrigued by. But... Also, 99.9% of us never have or will attempt that lifestyle. So, listen, if you're down with curiosity about the swinging or you're just down with erotica, give us a try. I will tell you, spoilers, I put it in one of my care packages this month. So someone else is getting it, passing it on. Spreading the disease. I love it. (laughs) So, yeah, so swing, volume one. Swing. Swinging. I wrote Sunstone, which is not not correct. Swing. This apparently is in the same universe. I have no idea where where or how. I don't know where it ties in, but they say it does. Cool. All right, everybody. That's it for this time around. If you want more of us, you can visit our Facebook page, 11 O'Clock Comics. You can come to our Patreon thing. It's patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS. And we'll be glad to have you. Uh, care packages are going out, and you will be, re- if you're up for one, you'll be receiving them very soon if you haven't already. Dap uh, was an uh, early man, got a jump on us. And um, they're out there, they're coming. And uh, what else? Twitter, we're there. Um, well, most importantly, you've got, we'll record one episode live together yeah next week yep so it'll be a fun fun episode where we'll all be in the same room and then we'll off we're off to heroes where from the looks of it about half of our audience is going to be there so yeah if i'm not dead from the flight (laughs) and then uh shout out to read pop and most specifically mike armstrong uh new york comic-con has become I think it may have technically overtaken, but it's certainly right neck and neck with San Diego for the biggest comic-related pop culture event of the year. I think it's, what, 160,000 people these, this, these days? 
it is our home show or we probably wouldn't go anymore. <laughs> um, but we have been there every year for 12 years running. This will be the 13th. And as our Facebook friends know, we were denied our application for press initially. And that, uh, that, that seemed odd, all things considered, let's just say. But uh, to Mike's credit, and Mike is the head of Read Pop Events, uh, we reached out to Mike and pointed out to him what we thought was a an error. And there were many errors made. Um, a ton of creators were not given uh, badges, pro badges, and a bunch of other things happened all, all at once. And to their credit, they acknowledged the mistake head on and within 24 hours corrected all of the mistakes, including giving us our due. So we, we will be back at New York for lucky number 13 uh, covering it. And I, I will say, I was thinking we should, um, when we get closer to that con, we should do a New York comic con preview episode where we talk about the things that we're hyped about. Cause that's one thing we don't often do is, is preview it. Sounds good. So there you go. All right. Hey everybody. We'd love to have you this time. If you want more of this, come back next time because we'll be here. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. Oh. Good night. David. There was an alien transmission in the middle of that. That did was kind of weird. Did you guys hear it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. There it is again. Right there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, my God. I hope it happens again. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Just fucking with you. I'm not kidding. This is freaky. <laughs> <laughs> He's just fucking with you. Who's doing it? He's not doing it. Jason, I am. are you do- from what? <laughs> My tongue. What do you mean? Your tongue. No, yeah. it was words. Yes. No, it was words. That's what you wanted to hear. It was not words. Was- That's bullshit. <laughs> no, no, no. It was words. Well, I'm I'm going to rewind it and, and edit should. it. Play so it back slow. Please do. I have the yes, walrus. Yes. It was word. Yep. You guys are With dicks. Clippy. Clippy. <laughs> Clippy the mic. <laughs> You're so stupid. Uh, goodbye. Uh, Clippy. Get off my desktop, bitch. Six we'll days, be, my dudes. We'll oh, be back God, next wait. time. Get out of here. Go. Yes. Go. See you when I see you. Ladies. Later, potato. About seven days, actually. Oh, let me down. Maths. <laughs> <laughs>